somebody on my board yesterday for complaining that I do the commercials before the podcast, you know, who's bitching about it. So I'm like, you stupid fuck. Go to the special ed room, dummy. It's ridiculous. I give you a free podcast, man. I have to, I have to do something to, to monetize this bitch, right? Yeah. And regard- bandwidth cost money. It's really fucking annoying when people give you those, like, Com- those types yeah. of complaints like, you, know, you so can't annoying. complain about something when I give you something for two and a half hours for free and I'm just talking about you know a product for two minutes you're getting commercial man what, well, here's a comment I just got on a YouTube video let me see if I remember it's really annoying what I hate these are the these are the fucking co- insult comments I hate you're the selling one. out no, man they're the ones that start with a compliment but are passive the passive aggressive ones so this one was I like uh, for 20 minutes, I took the paranormal activity. You know how paranormal activity shows um, the crowd and doesn't show the movie, so it's the crowd reacting to paranormal activity. Have you, right. have you seen yeah. that? So yeah. it's like people are like, "Oh no!" And I, I thought, "Well, fuck, man, that's funny. I wonder what that would look like if they were reacting to a Red Lobster commercial." So I just put a Red Lobster commercial on top of them, like freaking out over a scary movie, and it came out kind of funny, weird. And so I, I put that up on my YouTube page, and someone left a comment like. Well, this is uh, this is the only one of your videos that didn't make me laugh. Why would you even fucking say that? <laughs> it's like a compliment, a, a, a very nice compliment mixed in with just like a shitty jab. He gave well, you a check minus. Well, you know what it is yeah. is when you get on the internet, you are allowing yourself to interact with anybody, anybody and everybody, and you're not you don't you can't choose at all. There's no choosing. Yeah. Any random person can just cunt their way into your life. Just cunt a storm right. through your fucking life online. Yeah. And it's not like a real community. I mean, you can create a community online with a message board or something like that. But, and you with Twitter lists and shit like that, like who you follow, who you block. But, you know, at the end of the day, just, you know, it's, there's, there's no, the, the boundaries between people are kind of separated. Right. And people can just get at people. And so YouTube comments are a perfect example of that you want to see like how the world is going you look at the youtube comments if the youtube comics were like well better luck next time and he seems like a cool guy it wasn't my kind of music but i could see how some people could like it that's a nice way eat shit drown in a river of aids you faggot cunt same thing yeah i mean you see those over and over again and youtube doesn't block them and it is a fascinating sociological experiment thousands of years from now if data still exists if you can still read off of our hard drives probably you won't be able to but whoever finds us in our archaeological future the way we have found ancient sumer or ancient rome or you know any civilization that we've tried to piece together from information from the past they're going to look at youtube comments and they're going to be like, look at these crazy assholes. Yeah. Look at these motherfuckers. Any, any video that they yeah. go to. What if they went to Rebecca Black? Here's just a f- 13, 14-year-old girl talking about hanging out with her friends. You know, she had a song. She's 14 years old, man. Yep. She's a little girl. You're not supposed to like that song if you're a fucking grown person. But that song was assaulted yeah. by a fucking tsunami of shit. Yep. You, those comments, and you look at like her 25 million hits or whatever the hell she had, 
the comments on her videos are horrendous. They're terrifying. <clears throat> just fucking raw anger. And all it is is just an easy target. That's all it is. It's just an open, easy target. What you're supposed to do, you're not supposed to go, this is fucking bullshit. This is what passes for fucking music, man. No, that's not what you're supposed to do. What you're supposed to do is go, oh, this isn't for me because I'm not 14. Right. And not get angry. Just move on with your life. Yeah. But some people, man, they just want to get on that YouTube and you motherfucker. Yeah. I want you to feel what I feel. Yeah. Ah! Fucking spooky. Oh, uh, they just want to. There's sweaty. There's sweaty fingers pecking down yeah. on the keys. God, I see people like on my message board all the time just get cunty with somebody for no reason. I'll just I'll just send them to the special ed room. Get out. Get out. Stop that. You don't have to do that for no reason. You don't Dude, have to just I've never, get shitty with people. As man. far as I can recall, I've never left a, a shitty fucking comment. I just don't think the time to leave a shitty comment. It's so silly. I've I mean, never I, left I've gotten a single in flame wars. Com- yeah, I've gotten in a bunch of those. But what people don't understand about flame wars is it's kind of like a competition. You know, it's sort of like the dozens. Yeah. You know, like you play the dozens. You know, if you don't know what it is, it's like, you know, your mama's so fat. You know, when she sit down, people think she's a sofa. You know, yeah. and you go back and forth. You insult each other. You know what I mean? Like, it's like a big thing, like, with the brothers. They love, they love to play the dozens. That's what it's called. But that's sort of, like, what flame wars are. It's like, it's kind of fun that we're all anonymous, right? And so you're kind of, like, just up to your wits. It's just you and your wits against somebody else and their wits. And all of a sudden, you get in some cunty little argument with someone online and you want to fucking rock them man you want to sit back yeah let me craft my words carefully here i'm gonna fuck you up bitch and i love watching it as a sport i like watching like smart people like go back and and the really cunty thing to do is to have a sentence and then respond with a big chunk and then another sentence and respond with a big chunk whereas like you're taking little it's such a bully move where you're taking like little a sentence a little tiny segment of what someone said and not in the greater context context of several paragraphs of writing but just one little sentence and then they'll respond to it with like a, a river of shit yep and you go back and forth and back and forth i've done that i've done that. it's stupid i don't do it anymore occasionally i do but for the most part I, I just try to be silly with it but in the past man i've gotten involved in like long flame wars with people that went on for days well you know? i mean <laughs> if you think about like imagine if if youtube had existed when buddha incarnated on the planet so like he could like upload his ideas onto YouTube, it would still have shitty comments. <laughs> like what a fucking joke, you yeah. idiot! What are you talking about? Life is suffering. Go sit under the tree some more, faggot. <laughs> <laughs> you know it would be like that. Did, would they, you? What do you when you hear that though? I mean, don't you have a little bit of an instinct to say the same thing? Life is suffering. Oh, profound one, please. Please ponder on. When you get in your dick sucks, is that suffering? No, 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 it's not. When you're in an awesome movie, is that suffering? No, no, it no. is not. When you're on stage, you're killing. Is that suffering? Wait, but let me no, ask you this. Let me ask no. you this. When when you, hold on. When you're wait. hanging out with your friends, is it suffering? No, it's not. If you have a nice car and it's comfortable and you get a good stereo and the great song comes on, is that suffering? No. No, it's not Buddha. Buddha's life sucked because Buddha didn't have cool shit or cool Ooh, friends. No, no, that's wrong. He had chipmunk friends, that, that, Joe. But, he had a whole Duncan, bunch of chipmunks. Duncan actually said that's wrong. Well, no, like, that's he not knows, true. Well, he they, knows Buddha. Buddha fight. Buddha fight. Go the, way back. But you got to you know, know that. History's very vague, but <laughs> my relationship with Buddha I, I text, supersedes I text that. Buddha. No, but the thing when you're saying Buddha had a shitty life, there, there, there's the story of Buddha, and, the, and Buddha started off as a, a very wealthy prince, mm-hmm. and there was a problem. In what year? I have no idea. That life sucked. 
It doesn't matter. It doesn't. According, I don't care if it's six hundred BC. According to the legend, his father he had like AD. He had a harem. He had a harem. Yes, that's good. A stinky girls with no razors, that's not a true. razor in sight. <laughs> Everybody's disgusting. For the time, it was they're a pretty all good, scratching for food. For the Listen, time, it was a pretty good life. A harem. Get the fuck out of here. Listen, man. It was a terrible time to live. Terrible. No internet, no cell phones, no refrigerator, no vaccines, no fucking right. U.S. military presence overseas. Yeah. Listen, it's a terrible goddamn time to live. Fuck Buddha. This idea is ridiculous. What Life it, is not suffering. Life can be the shit. Do you know shit. the rest of the noble truths? Oh, oh well, hold the on. The problem is hold you're, you're a... You just said noble. Buddha fight. That's, what, that's noble. what they're called. That's what they're called. You're, but, <laughs> I know, but... But oh you, you, you are... <laughs> so you just, that's the most pretentious thing a human can ever say. Do you know the noble truths? But, <laughs> <laughs> that's what they're called. I understand that's that, That's what they're bro. called. Bro, I'm, I'm just fucking around here. These are just jokes. Don't get personal. He takes uh, it very personal. Buddha no, I don't. I like to shit on Buddha every now and just to get a rise well, no, just because you sound like you don't yeah. know what it is. You could pick on Duncan and he won't even fight back. But you talk about Buddha, he'll, he'll fucking kick your but ass, it would dude. Be, but it would be like... <laughs> Step up. He picked on Duncan. Duncan would be like, hey, man, come but, on. Why are you it, being an It'd asshole? be like me making fun of the UFC and being like, you know, because fight, they fight eight rounds. And then you'd be like, well, no... They don't. No, it's like, no rules. That's what I would say. Yeah, no rules. Something like that, where, where you where you're like, it's a clear, like you clearly have never, you don't know what it is. Well, which is weird because you I'm have Buddha statues I, all over brother, your house. Brother, 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 I'm telling jokes, man. I'm not. I don't believe any of this shit I'm saying. Well, you really think I think Buddha's Buddha. a loser? You're, who, you're so hurting you, Buddha. Yeah, you're totally Buddha? gone against on, a lot son. of the the whole truth of Buddha. I think you're. You need to really believe in him. All I'm saying. Is that I wouldn't want to live back then. I wouldn't either. I'm not saying that Buddha was wrong when he said life is suffering. It just sounds a little pretentious. And if somebody said it today, life is suffering, I would want to probably kick him in the but balls. But there's three other things after that that kind of make suffering. that make more sense. Oh, okay. Go ahead. So this, the second one is the cause of suffering is attachment to things staying the way they are. The idea that things aren't going to change. So life is suffering. In other words, you're suffering... When you think things don't change. So. Oh, so what I did is basically the exact same thing that I criticize people doing on the message boards, where they take one line yeah. and don't even read and the, the rest of it. I didn't even listen to yeah. your whole sentence. That's I took it. one yeah. one line and yeah. I just attacked Buddha. Yeah. And folks, I don't really mean any of the things I say. I say things for the fun <laughs> of it, okay? Flawless I really victory. do have Buddhas. I have a fucking Buddha tattoo on my arm. Come on, man. I'm fascinated by Buddhas. That's one of the things I first saw during psychedelic experiences. The golden really? Buddha made of light. Yeah. A golden Buddha in the lotus position, and then there was like infinite numbers of them around them, like fractals of it's golden a, Buddhas in the lotus position. Cool. Oh, it was one of the craziest experiences of my life. It's a cool religion, man, because it's uh, it's it's a viral religion, which is it's very different from a lot of other world religions like Christianity and Islam that kind of come into a place and try to change what's happening in the place to mm -hmm. conform to Christianity. Buddhism goes into a place and like analyzes whatever the belief system is in that place and then incorporates that into the philosophy of Buddhism. So you get these vastly different forms of Buddhism all over the planet. Like uh, in uh, like Tibetan, if you look at Zen Buddhism and then you look at Tibetan Buddhism, they couldn't be more different. And Zen Buddhism is this very austere. Um, if you look at a Zen monastery, the walls, I've, I've never been in one, but the, the walls are made of rice paper and like, it's like these guys fucking sitting there meditating for like just spending their whole life meditating. It's very, very stark. Then you look at Tibetan Buddhism and it's like 
golden Buddhas and prayer wheels and prayer flags. And it's like this bright, beautiful thing. And the reason is, is when uh, Buddhism came to Tibet, there was a religion called Bon, B-O-N. That was the original religion. And it just took that religion and transformed it so that it embodied the noble truths of Buddhism. Wow. Isn't so that they, cool? They just hybrid. They hybrid. Yeah, that's what wow. it does. It, 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 it infects uh, infects probably the wrong word, but it, it gets into a culture and then just the culture. I think infects is a great word. Yeah, that's what it I is. I mean, it's, it's it's sort of a negative word. Yeah, well, I mean, that is what it is. It kind of, it's viral. It like gets into the DNA a, of a thing and then transforms it into uh, Buddhism. That's fascinating. It's fascinating. It really is. You know, it, 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 I've always wondered like what the boundaries of meditation are because I don't really have the time to be sitting around all day meditating. But I always feel like anything, like even the isolation tank, which is very much like a, a, um, a symptom or, or rather a uh, um, uh, method of uh, meditation, the isolation tank, you, the more you do it, the better you get at it. Right. The more relaxed you get when you're, you're inside, the easier it is for you to let go the easier it is for you to get to that really crazy deep state. So I would assume that with meditation, just like with anything, with music or martial arts, the more time you spend at it, the better you get at it. I would wonder, what, what the fuck can you do with your brain if you have like 10, 12 hours a day? Because you know, Eddie Bravo has this friend of his. Right. He went to Egypt with this lady, and uh, she um, was uh, a kundalini aficionado like a, a serious devotee of kundalini yoga. And this lady did kundalini yoga all fucking day. And what she said was that it was all about stimulating particular areas of your brain that can produce psychedelic chemicals. Right. And that what you're trying to do is like open up your chakras and you can tune in to higher frequencies of consciousness. And that these people say that at the highest levels that these, these people are capable of putting themselves into a psychedelic state absolutely naturally. So like what you would have to do by taking mushrooms or taking peyote or whatever, they can just meditate and get there and they travel in their mind to like distinct different places. And the idea is that what they're doing is they are literally changing the form of their mind. If you look at the mind yeah. of a, 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 a person who meditates you know, a, a Buddhist monk, you know, a person who meditates 10, 12 hours a day, the, the way their brain works is different. Right. The, the size of different areas of the brain is different. The, the, when they look at the activity in the mind, yeah. it's different than a regular person's brain. Yeah, I've seen that stuff. Yeah. It's fascinating. So you, I mean, they, what, tuning into a higher, like a higher plane of consciousness, if that is what they're doing, that they're able to do just like, I mean, what we see in marathon running, just like what we see in everything, you know, like, who, could you run a marathon? I couldn't run a fucking marathon. Could you imagine if you had to run a marathon right now against one of those skinny guys from Africa that runs barefoot? Fuck. Fucked. You're fucked. You're never going to run as fast as, you're never going to catch him, never going to be able to uh. run 26 miles as fast as him, but he can do it. And you know what that means? You could probably do it too. But it doesn't start like that. It starts with you run one mile, All and right. then you learn to run five miles, and you build yourself up till you can run 26 miles barefoot. But most people can't just do, do that right from the jump. That's got to be the same way with meditation. Because I know that when I meditate, I can get into a really good state just when I'm alone. I'm alone in a hotel room. I'll do like yoga, and, I'll do, and then I'll meditate. I'll go into a, a, a certain pattern of breathing, and I'll focus and concentrate on my breath. And when I do that, I can achieve a good perspective. I can achieve like a, a good 
objective look at at life and i can i can relieve myself of uh you know any unnecessary concerns and you know and and i i'm like, i i'm pretty good at that but i would imagine that if you really devote yourself to really just concentrating on achieving like the 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 possibilities of these different states of consciousness we, i think that i think that you'd be able to get high i i did this thing because uh, I, I I studied uh, I had to do this uh, um, uh, I studied uh, religion and psychology in school so um, I got to do an internship at a Zen temple and part of the internship is you do this thing called a sashin which is where you sit for like three days straight just staring at this wall for three days straight in the lotus position you and then, did this and then you do well I went to do it and I I, I made it through. I think like 11 hours of med, and I, I made it through, you sleep like four hours and the next day you wake up and immediately you eat and then you go right back into meditating. And so I made it, I don't know, I made it a pathetically small length of time because it was snowing outside and I started thinking about how good a beer would be. <laughs> Something about the snow made me like, man, I love to drink a beer. But like I'm, I'm, but during the time that I was staring at the wall, I don't know, like six hours in or some certain amount of time in, they start doing this thing called the Heart Sutra. They start chanting this thing called the Heart Sutra. Uh, and it go, and I don't remember the exact way it goes, but it's something like no mind, no body, no life, no death, no beginning, no. It's very psychedelic. It's very droney. And it's a negation of everything. No mind, no body. Nothing. Say it again. I, it's, this is not an exact rendition, okay. but as I recall, it's like no mind, no body, no life, no death, no beginning, no. It's it's. And they, they say this all together. Yeah, uh, yeah. They all start chanting that it. That must be dope. It's dope, and you've been staring at a wall Let's for do like it together. six. I don't know the. Can no you look, mind, can you look no it up? body. What no. is it? No mind, no body. It's not the exact no rendition. No life, no death. Let's just try okay, that. Ready? No, yeah. No mind, no body, no life, no death. No mind, no body, no life, no death. No mind. Yeah, imagine that. But you, but you. There's something weird about that, man. What is weird about that? Play. Look up the Heart Sutra on YouTube and play it. Right? There's something. Guys are stoned. We're stoned as fuck. But listen. But what is weird about like chance, man? Let's do it again. Ready? No mind, no body, no life, no death. No mind, no body, no life, no death. There's something weird about that, dude. There's something zony. There's something hypnotic about uh, any want, stupid chant, even you, that. You want to hear something super trippy? And you, I think you could play it legally. It's because it's a it's a, a, a chant. Will you look up the Lotus Sutra on YouTube? Lotus Sutra. The Lotus Sutra. Listen to this one. This oh. one's so fucking trippy. Yeah, I mean, what what were they trying to do? They're trying to put themselves into a state of consciousness by state. by humming it like that. Yeah, it's put got a big. The one I'm looking for. The, I'll show you the one, Brian. Hold right on. Oh yeah, that one at the very top, the Lotus Sutra. Play the first one with the blue flower right there. Listen to this. I love listening to this when I'm high. That was the 1600s version of beatboxing. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Yeah. I'm scared that if they keep going, Candyman's going to come out of the screen. Right. 
to get it. Yeah, it's cool, man. Wow. It's really How trippy. Weird. How odd. Yeah, it's, it's tri- almost like country music. But if you listen to some of the like, how do you say it? Shibobo, the the ayahuasca ceremonies. If you listen to the chanting of the people in the Amazon, it sounds very similar to that. It's the same kind of like drony thing that has within it that feeling of like a a twangy weird like uh-huh. i don't know like something from new orleans or something yeah. it's bluesy almost very strange and how yeah. many different people are doing that you think it's not one person right that is that's not no one person. that's a group of people yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure that's like a think? congregation uh, how many think we're doing that because it's know. not like 14. A, did everybody have the same job? That's what I'm saying. Are they all saying the same thing, or were they interacting no, with do, each other? No, people do. People do different harmonies and stuff when you do that chant. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It's because it doesn't sound like you could. Like you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe you could. I mean, sure you could. Like think of what the noises that that Michael Winslow guy makes. I mean, you, you probably could do it, but it doesn't seem like that. Seems like a couple different things are being said at the same time. Is that right? Oh yeah. No, no, it's one sutra. It's they're reading a scripture. They're reading this thing called the Lotus Sutra, which is this whole weird. So they're whole, all saying the same thing. They're all making the same noises. Yeah, I think so, man. It, it's, it does seem like there's Except some for the under, girl, the girl, wow. the, the opera girl sounding girl. Yeah, there was, was an opera it girl. It seemed that to came me. Well, maybe we should play it again because it seemed to me that it was uh, like a couple different sounds that are. No, they're singing the same thing. thing. They're singing it really fast. It's, but there's like a, a hum to it that makes you oh, think that there might be something going on in the background, but it's not. They're hitting a. They're, every now and then, there's like a little intersection, but there's a. It's just, yeah. It's a harmony. Every now and then, though, someone will break. Oh, yeah, they're starting at different times. They're saying the same shit, but they're off by, like, milliseconds. Yeah, and they're trying to catch up. Yeah. Wow, this is amazing. If you listen to this while shirming, this would put you in a bad trip, I think. No, what are you talking about? You would get all the knowledge in the universe. I think that would make just shit go crazy. It would run over you like a river of (laughs) diamond-encrusted fish. (laughs) That's great. You wouldn't be able to catch it, though. It would be so much knowledge, but you wouldn't be able to grasp it. Yeah, uh, it could it could fuck your trip up. This, I guess. this is Nam Myoho Renge Kyo. That's where Nam Myoho Renge Kyo comes from. That's the Nam Myoho Renge Kyo comes from the Lotus Sutra. So when you hear the beginning of it, it's Myoho Renge Kyo Open Pandani Niki Sasanju Sama Andro Niki Gosh. Wow, how did you ever re- re- memorize all that shit? How well, long did it but take? Good, well, I had to chant constant strangulation. <laughs> what? Brian's left on the outside again. <laughs> Eight months, Eight and months? I don't even have I don't have the whole thing memorized. I just have the different but you have some parts i have the up until there's like two it, there's two different prayers you do and i have the first one i can almost do that completely without the book and then the second one i have to do the book if i'm they have there's like a what, what uh, why, how did all this get started why i mean you look at like how bizarre all that is and how psychedelic yeah. that religion is how, how the hell did that get started what's the what's the history of well it? that's the fucking question man i mean you've got this this uh the uh, buddha who according to the story um, wanted to be an ascetic, like wanted lived with his lived with his uh Buddha lived live with the king. The king there was a prophecy. He's either going to be a great conqueror. So or, this is a real human being, absolutely proven by history. Uh, man, I think so. I mean, shit. more more provable than Jesus or less? I I couldn't answer that. I have no idea. I, I mean, it, to me, it's like 
I it's not that much of a consideration because there's so many scriptures that come from it. That there's clearly mm. something there, and it's like there are a bunch of interpretations. I don't know, but the story's cool. The story it's not like the, it's in Buddhism. It's different from Christianity. Christianity, some forms of Christianity, they're like you must believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. They they you right. have to believe that for the magic to work. Buddhism isn't quite like that. Buddhism is more like test all of this. Like right. test it like you would be t- if you were buying gold, like you would weigh and measure and test gold because you need to logically understand what this is. It ha- you have to logically it has to logically make sense to you. And this is that's, in Buddhism? That's some this forms. Is of, that's not all forms of not Buddhism, forms. but some. It's like, uh, there's a great... So it, you, were, you were telling me, I'm sorry, but I, I yeah. interrupted you before. You were explaining that he lived with the king? Yeah, he was the prince. And the king didn't want him to... Because uh, the, the, uh, the prophet said he'll either be the Tatha god of the wheel turner, like this great prophet that he was, or he's going to be this conqueror. Like a, he's going to be like a world conqueror. And so his father was like, well, fuck that. I don't want him to be a fucking prophet. I want him to be a world conqueror. So I'm going to keep him locked up on the grounds of the palace and give him everything he wants, you know, a harem, whatever he wants he can have. And so the story is he uh, was out with his, like, I don't know, he was out riding around. He saw three sites, and I, I don't remember exactly what they were, but one, I know one was a dying man. One was one was or a corpse. He saw a corpse and a diseased man and an ascetic. He saw these three things, and he's like, "Oh, there's, I'm more there. All this pleasure that I'm getting in the palace is temporary. It's temporary. It's not going to last. I'm going to get old. I'm going to die. I'm going to get diseased. These are the. This happens to everyone. There's no escape from this. It happens to everyone. So I would ra- So these pleasures I'm experiencing, I would rather um, figure out a way to have lasting, permanent. Uh, realization than this temporary transient shit. So he went and became an ascetic, and he uh, uh, he like uh, starved himself to the point of death almost because he was like going. He was like did everything to the extreme. So you, there's like statues of like starving Buddha. Yeah, I've seen those. Man. Yeah, uh, you 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 told me about that yeah. because you know that I have this uh, thing about collecting Buddha statues, and I've got a couple of Thai Buddhas and shit, and then. You you told me about this yeah. starving Buddha. I was like, "What are you talking about?" And you sent me a picture, dude. I almost thought it was a joke. No, the I skin's thought you were like, tight on his face, and he's uh. like, he's not eating anything because he's trying to go the route of the ascetic to um to uh so that he could uh you know have realization. And so Brian, that, Brian, pull one of those pictures up, man. It's fucking cool of a starving Buddha because they're creepy as fuck, man. It's, so, I never had heard about this before. Oh, it's cool, man! It's how it's long a, did he do this in his life? Uh, what was the? Like, I don't know the time. That does he every was and in everyone has this story? All this the is the story. Yeah, this is it. This is it. All starts with this story. And so then he um so that didn't work out. So and then he he uh he ate and uh you know the ascetics rejected him. The ascetics rejected him because he was eating and look uh, at this man. Yeah, it's like fucking cool. Into his head. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, he was. He got really close to death that way. I think there's a full body one, Brian. If you back up, there's a there's some other ones that have like full body. Well, either way, you see, you get a get the picture. That's creepy. Who the fuck would want to keep that in their house? <laughs> I if, know. You, if you go over a chick's house and she's got that starving Buddha in her house, fucking run, bro. But run. Why would you want to look at that all day? I wouldn't. Ugh. You see the veins in his ribs. It's creepy. Yeah. You don't want to look at it. That's barely. That's like a cartoon. 
It's like he's it got like mashed potatoes in he's his like hand. An old tranny. It's like he's about to eat a bowl of mashed potatoes. That's cum. He's an old tranny. It's <laughs> a big bowl. He's a starving Just tranny. A big giant bowl of cum. <clears throat> Speaking of cum, England was fun, huh? Have a good time in England. Yeah. Whoa. England Speaking of cum, fun. England was England was fun. What happened? Well, no, England. Well, I'll tell you this. Oh no, you came on Joe. Not really. I mean, he sort of did. Well, Joe's fast. <laughs> <laughs> fast like Buddha. We went. We went to a, a, a strip club for ten minutes. Did we yeah. go for ten minutes? Ten minutes. We were, it was right next to this restaurant with this bomb ass Indian restaurant in Birmingham. And then we ah, would stop in at this place. It was a disaster. Well. It's that, Joe Rogan. No, oh. it wasn't that. It's just. Well, no, there were people coming up weird. to take your picture. Yeah, but it was just a, it was the weirdest strip club ever. And I'm trying to be as nice as possible. The best way to say it is, you'd be kind of shocked that those girls are strippers. <laughs> I was wondering what you were going to say. It's the best, you know. Well, and it seems like there were other vocations that would have been better choices for them. Yeah, yeah. It seems some, like when their guidance counselor was telling them what to do, he shouldn't yeah. have said stripper. Anyway, nice, nice people. But, but what it was, was just, we couldn't go, we you know, we couldn't do it. We I, got in there. We thought we were going to be able to sit down and just have a beer and just laugh and giggle, you know, for a little bit and then leave. But we were getting bombed on. Yeah, it was pretty sad. I mean, it wasn't even like when I go to strip clubs. Aside from like the fact of like seeing hot naked girls dancing, the other thing I like is the uh, the. Vi- the, the darkness is yeah. there. You know, the seediness, like, the yeah. seediness and the darkness. Because it's funny to me because it's all yeah. a. Uh, this is a, a cultural. This is a result of a specific type of culture. It's a. It's and like this wouldn't work if people weren't sexually repressed. This wouldn't work if people didn't wear clothes. There's like so many weird cultural things that have to happen for right. a strip club to yeah. even make sense. Yeah. So when you go into there and you see like you see the the fucking weird relationship between the women who are trying to act dirty and slutty and then the guys who are kind of like feel like they're breaking the rules tonight you know what i mean it's a funny thing because it's like it really is nothing uh, it's like you're looking at a naked girl mounting a fucking pole you're getting a lap dance it's it's just i it, went to a strip club once with phil hartman phil hartman was uh, i wish uh more people got to see what that dude was like without being like mr like clean family you know, he was like su- he was like super concerned about his image, but right. but outside of that, he would say like ridiculously dirty shit, man. He was always telling you to smell his fingers and saying it was claiming it was different people in the cast that he fingered. <laughs> Go ahead, smell it. I mean, it was like he was ridiculous. He was really funny. I mean, to the point where they would get mad at him, you know. And he he cracked me up, man. He he would oh, he was a serious blazer. Phil Hartman used to get high every day, dude, especially after work. Like, he was very professional, but after work, he would get blazed. He would get blazed and go out on his boat. But I went to a strip club with him once. I've never seen a guy who's, because he was such a great guy. He was so expressive, and he was a genuinely, like, friendly guy. And this is a different era, okay? We're talking about the early 1990s. This was, like, 1995, you know? And it was like... You know, he was there, and the girl was dancing in front of him, and he was like, like there was no shame in it at all. He was so happy because he was blasted. Right. He was so happy, and he was looking at her. She goes, "Hey, just rem- I, I'll never forget his face. Look at him. Go, oh yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's cool. He was like smiling, like beautiful, like you're beautiful. Woo! 
Like he was just happy. It wasn't creepy. Yeah. No, that's great. That's it was awesome. just a guy that's like what, that's looking at a girl's like. vagina and ass going, wow. Man, I love, I fucking. It's beautiful. I love people like that. Oh, I love you, people you loved who are Phil like Hartman. that. Phil Hart, that guy, when he died, that hurt. That sucked. That was a tough one. He was a, he was a really good guy, man. That was a tough one. Did I ever tell you how I found out? There was a, a girl who, uh, I think she worked for like one of those, one of those tabloid shows. We had went on on one date, but just, you know, for whatever reason, it just didn't click. So I was at home, and it was like 8 o'clock in the morning. 8 o'clock in the morning. The phone rings, and it's her, and I'm like, what's going on? Like, Why are you calling me at 8 o'clock in the morning? And she's like, you don't know? And I go, I don't know what. And she goes, I don't want to be the first one to tell you. I go, well, fucking tell me. What happened? And then she goes, Phil's dead. And I go, Phil Hartman? And she goes, Yes. She goes, it was a murder-suicide. I went, whoa. And first of all, I thought he killed her and then killed himself. You thought that first? Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, so you hear murder-suicide, you just automatically yeah. think men are the ones who commit violent crimes. Right. That's how I um, automatically assume. Sure. I don't think that. I think crazy bitches are crazy and they would fucking shoot. I always think I'm going to get shot by yeah. a girl I'm dating. Well, well that's yeah, because that's the dating a, pool that you're drawing from, son. I think that's a, a good instinct. Yeah. yeah, the dating pool that you draw from has been peed in. <laughs> but I, I mean, farm. you just assume. I mean, don't you? When you hear about a murder suicide, you assume that it was the man. I know. I, I actually think girls. I actually really. really wow, I man. I don't but know. That's because you're that. you're so nice and you're not violent at all. That's right. what it is. Well, I, I don't hang out with crazy guys. Like I, I bet because you, you hang out with fighters and a bunch of you know jujitsu guys. You're around a different kind of animal than I'm used to. I'm used to They're like guys that have very GameStop cards and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> jujitsu guys are very friendly, man. You'd be amazed. First of all, they their ego gets squashed real early because you get tapped out a lot when you learn jujitsu, especially in the early years. You have to have a healthy ego, or you'll never get through being a white belt. Being a white belt is demeaning. Men manhandle you. You know, it's, I remember my first time I was training at Carlson Gracie's on Hawthorne Street. It was 1996 when I first started doing jiu-jitsu. And there was this kid who was a purple belt, this Brazilian kid. He fucking would rape me, just crush me every time we would roll. And it drove me nuts because he wasn't any bigger than me. He was my size. He was my age. We were the same. And he would just fucking manhandle me. This dude would just toss me around and strangle me. And I remember thinking, like, man, I can't believe that it's so easy for someone to do this to me. And then I knew, like, this guy was only a purple belt. He wasn't even a black belt. I'm like, fuck. Like, that feeling is not a good feeling. Yeah. Right. The feeling of getting your ass kicked like that in the gym is, is not a good feeling. But the only way to get good is you got to get used to that. you gotta, you got to roll with good guys. If you don't roll with good guys, you don't know whether or not you can really tap them. You don't know whether or not your shit only works on people who suck. You got to get tapped. You got to get in the beginning. You got to get strangled all the time. People are gonna throw you around. They're gonna dominate you. So if you can get through that, usually your egos are really in check. Jiu-jitsu guys are some of the friendliest, nicest, most easygoing guys that I've ever been around. Kickboxers are a little more edgy, and one of the reasons is kickboxers they don't go full out in the gym. They sort of go. They go hard, but there's always like you're going too hard. Like there's a thing that happens in stand-up gyms. It doesn't happen. As much happens occasionally, but not as much in jujitsu, and that's someone going too hard. Because in stand up, it's always an issue because you're not really fighting. You have big gloves on, the gloves are 16 ounces as opposed to four, and when you're, or you know, eight or 10 if you're kickboxing. But when, when you're throwing at each other, you're supposed to be pulling back a little, you know? Yeah. And so 
guys are always like, yeah, if I didn't pull back, I could have fucking knocked your ass out. There's, there's, there's some unresolved issues with some guys. So they, some of them tend to be a bit more douchey. It's like, the, and then the, 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 the more like limited their sport is, the more insecure they are and the more douchey they are. Like boxers are more douchey than kickboxers are more douchey. And there's all generalizations, but, but for the most part, jujitsu guys and wrestlers seem to be like the most easygoing. They, they go at it all the time. You know, you, 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 you blow out all the, the stress out of your system and all that, you know, all that ego shit, especially with jiu-jitsu. You just getting, you get tapped all the time. You got to accept it. Yeah, man. It's spooky when you run into people who have all, a shitload of pin-up aggression. Yes. I was, like, Scary. I was at the Grove, and I had parked. It wasn't the greatest parking job ever. I'll admit, it was a shitty parking job. And I'm getting in my car, and this old man is standing there looking at me. He's like, why did you park like that? And... So it's forcing this weird confrontation in a parking lot, and I and the guys, you know that thing when you get around someone and like you can feel your like goosebumps happen, uh, like they're thinking about hitting you or something. Yeah, like your body's telling you like this is not a good situation. Mm. That was happening, and it's like this old man. I'm like, fuck, this could be that thing where the the guy's got a gun, oh, and he and just this is where it pops. This is where the volcano oh, explodes, and oh, I end up getting blasted oh, in the grove. Oh, bang. And they catch it in the background of Mario Lopez's E show. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. So he's got his he show just, going he on. Just, he go, Ow! And he's interviewing somebody, and some old man shoots you. That's the worst. People fucking die like that all the time. People get smoked all the time by people yes. who like have these little volcanic yeah. explosions. Wrong place at the wrong time yeah. is a real. It's a real scenario. I, I uh, the other day I was uh, driving and there was a biker in the road. And he was like doing one of those things where he was like wobbling. Like, he, I think the guy was drunk or something. Like, and I just like kind of tried to go around him. And then I just like did a, I didn't do the horn the whole way. I did like a, da-da, you know, like right. where you just barely touch yeah. it and it makes a, a noise. You know, not even loud at all. And he's just like, he starts screaming oh. and just yeah, like, flicking, like, like he freak freaked out. You know out. where I never saw that? Where? Boulder, Boulder, Colorado. Yeah. You know why? 100,000 people. That's why. That's how you're supposed to live. You're not supposed to live like this. But man, everybody's I, all on edge, yeah, man. Yeah, that's true. You know, there's some aggro bikers in L.A., man. Yeah. I saw, I saw. Remember that guy? Just too many fucking people in L.A. You're, you're crazy. You're taking a huge risk if you're riding to bike places. I mean, I support your right to do it, and I'm, I'm cautious of bikes. I try to be cautious, but wow, I look at them. I'm like, what a crazy risk you're taking, dude. I've seen so many hipster bike accidents Ooh. in Silver Lake. Oh, we were walking down the sidewalk, and you see a, you know, first oh. it's a vi- a record oh, from the God. thrift store they were at, then. Some- <laughs> You know what I like mean? they were biking one-handed. Yeah, a couple of books, and then you come up to like a fucking hipster having a seizure. I've seen a oh, hipster God. on the sidewalk seizing up as the ambulance came, oh surrounded God. by old library books and oh my God, weird like lace so bags. He, he crashed, no helmet on, no helmet, oh. no helmet. Crashes and just. But I saw, I oh. saw a fucking uh, minivan just pull into a parking lot and wasn't paying attention and just t-bone a biker oh, boom like 12 God. feet just just fucking dangerous so i understand why bikers here are freaking out but do you remember that guy at the comedy store there was a biker that used to ride up and down sunset and he was this super aggro biker fucking ripped and i saw a guy yell at him in his car like what you did a comic no it was just some bicycler who used to hang but out he was always there always there and he was always pissed. And he was always screaming at traffic. And I remember like some car was like, watch out, because he's weaving in and out of traffic. And the guy just stops his bike, 
Because I don't think people realize that with bikers. We're so used to in cars, there's this, like, I can get away from you. I can right. say something. A bicycler can weave through traffic at a stoplight and just attack you. Like, they can get you. We forget that. There's no enclosure around them. <laughs> we forget that. Yeah. They, yeah, people yeah. have, like, gotten used to, like, the delay in violence between yeah. cars where you're like, well, fuck you. Yeah. Ah, it's too yeah. much work. I don't want to no. get out of the car and fucking get all the way to yeah. you. You know? This guy's in open fucking air, and he's like yeah. weaving in and out of Sunset Boulevard traffic, and he's deranged. And so some idiot says something to him, and the guy, this is what he's been waiting to happen. He like stops his bike, turns and looks at the guy, and not, this is, you can just hear he meant this. He's like, I'm going to put you in the hospital. I'm going to break your fucking jaw, oh, is what he God. said. And it was just such venom and evil and anger spewing wow. out of this he didn't he didn't there's punch people the yeah you can't be a cunt there's people that want to punch people if you run yes. into them and you're a cunt yeah but i mean isn't it interesting that we have this sort of uh, uh escalated anger that exists in inside cars because we don't have to socially yeah. interact with each other we don't have to like feel right. it yeah you know we you don't have to feel the repercussions the social repercussions of being a shithead so people just get so elevated in cars. They pop That's when you I, see it. I like SUVs. I, I don't think I could ever go back down to like a small little car because you feel yeah. even more protected in an SUV because yeah, the shit do. goes down. You just run the person over and go over and, you know, a couple cars and escape. You, you watch too many movies. <laughs> 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 what if you get a flat? What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, it's weird how you just assume. But it's funny also the things that people say when they're in cars. There's a video of uh, Nick Diaz and uh, he had missed a press conference and uh, he was supposed to go and fight George St. Pierre, but they pulled him from the fight because he missed a couple of press conferences. So he made a video about it. And this is a video, like a public video. And he's in his car, and as he's driving, making this video, he, someone won't let him in. He's like, let me in, let me in. Fuck your mother. Oh, <laughs> fuck your mother. <laughs> it's like when people say shit like that. That's funny, man. Because he wouldn't say fuck your mother if you were right in front of him, if right. you were like some lady. No. But, you know, but if, you're a la if it's a lady and she's in a car in front of you, you don't even have to worry about hurting her feelings. You can say the most ruthless shit. Dude, when I'm driving, I try to chant to relax. So I'll you be, do? I, yes, I do. So I'll be chanting when I'm driving. Like what, like, what chant? Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. I'm driving oh through traffic. God. I hate driving, so I'm chanting to relax. And inevitably, someone will cut me off. And in the middle of chanting, I'll be like, you stupid <laughs> fucking bitch! You fucking whore! <laughs> Just break into full rage. Oh, that's hilarious. That's what's really there, you Dude, know? that's a joke. You should you say fuck yeah, that's hilarious. You should talk about that on stage. You could you could go far with that concept. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Maybe I'll some, do that. Yeah. Well, that's the unavoidable stress of living in cities. There's too much tension. This is not healthy. You know, we're all we're all uh, redlining every day. Yeah, it's so weird. man. Small communities are nicer. It's just you, you know, you all you deal with, or you used to deal with in the age before the internet. You dealt with a lot more small-minded people. You dealt with a lot more religious wackos. If you wanted to live in the middle of nowhere. It's tough to get away from the really, really religious people. You know what, man? I had a, a speaking of religious people, I had a uh, real American moment today really? where I was like, man, this is a pretty good country. I was, because like, you know the uh, inception at birth thing that just got overturned? You know about this? No, what is that? So I can't, can you see where it was, man? Was it, a, I can't remember where it was. Uh, can, can you, you look do at, a favor for me? Per, per, uh, tilt the logo of your mic towards you. Okay. Uh, you're talking to the side there? of the no no the logo on the front of the mic. there's a thing on the right here in front of the mic see like this 
Yeah. See, it's around here. Yeah. Find, look at the part where it's written and point that towards your face. Oh, gotcha. See it? Yeah. Yeah, I got it. There you go. Ooh, that sounds so much better. Hello. There you go. Okay. You're back. So, uh, yeah, man, it's like personhood at conception. I need another water. Person-hooded. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. It's called person. So I like it's this thing where they want it. Basically, they want to say that I can't remember the exact words for it. They have an exact word for it. I can't remember the term. Say it again. Concept. Like say, conception. look up conception, personhood at conception, or it's the idea is like when you can when concept when conception happens. Uh, when this, when when the fucking eggs are on the uterine wall and are fertilized by a sperm, that is now a human being. That's a person. So they were trying to pass that, which would make all forms of abortion illegal and p- maybe even birth control, depending on like how you look at it. I, I uh, so anyway, it got overturned. The voters overturned it, and they were thinking it wouldn't get overturned, but it was like super religious fundamentalists were trying. So when to, you say overturned, you mean it passed? It didn't pass, and so, they thought it was going to. There it is. Well, isn't overturned mean something person gets passed and then overturned? No, I'm sorry. It it didn't get voted for. It didn't make oh, it in. It, it was a measure that yeah. didn't get voted for. It lost, and people were saying it was gonna uh, it was gonna win. So it was cool. The political system in that one case worked, where they thought it wouldn't. Scary shit, man. Scary shit. Well, you know, it's also scary when when you think about what abortion really is. You know, that's scary too. I mean, you, this you're you're taking a baby and you're sucking it out of your pussy it's with a vacuum. Definitely too expensive. Well, there, there's different. You know what, man? I'm there's a lot of versions of abortion that I think are fucking horrible, and I, and I I totally am not for. But there's some. There is definitely cases. Oh yeah. Where it should where it should happen, and you well, can't. Well, not only that. How about you know. It's up to the person who's carrying that baby inside of them. Until the baby's born, it's up to them. I mean, I, I think if you know if you have an aborted kid that's perfectly healthy and it's like six months old inside your body, like that's kind of crazy. But I know that people have done that in the past. I think if it's not for a medical reason, it's not, you know. And I don't know if they. It's those fucking partial birth abortions. You know about those, right? Yeah. They ice pick the fucking brain of the baby. Oh. It's a baby. I mean, that's. I think that's that's not. <sighs> That definitely shouldn't happen. That's crazy. That's crazy. It's almost like I don't see it. The monk, you know. Yeah. I don't see it. I don't see it. I know what he's talking about. Yeah. La 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 it's Yeah. Like, just put a blanket on your baby. Yeah. Why don't you give birth to the thing and cover it in a well, blanket and ice ins- pick it? Since it's inside the pussy and yeah. you don't see me sticking the ice pick in its head, it's, yeah, it's okay. fine. It's okay. If yeah. it was outside and I jabbed it in front of you and then chopped it up into pieces, you'd be like, "You just killed the baby." Or if it came out for a second and you put it back in, couldn't do it. Same baby, but if you pulled it out of the vagina and put it back in, you couldn't ice pick it once it'd been in the air. Yeah. The rule is once it's been in the air, you can't kill then it anymore. Then it's a person. Then it's alive. Yeah, that's fucked oh, up. That doesn't make sense. crazy is it? Yeah. It's really strange. I mean, and, you know, it's, this is a taboo subject. This is a subject you're supposed to, if you're a rational, open-minded person, you're supposed to just favor choice. You know, which I, 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 I do. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think any should be. I think it's a real slippery slope. It's a real slippery slope when someone tells you what you can and can't do with your body. You know, it seems like you're killing a baby, but I guess you should be able to do it. You know, well, these are it's it's it's, we've discussed this before. It's much easier when it's a small couple cells. It's much easier to rationalize, but it's on its way to being a baby. You know, well, just it depends on where the thing is, you know, And, and it depends on it depends on a lot of different things. It's like everyone wants to make these sweeping things like one one. The two sides of it are. It should all the two extreme sides are it should be it should be illegal no matter what 
even if a rapist impregnated the woman and the baby's gonna kill her, then it sh- she should have that baby and we'll raise the baby up to Say Christ. Say his name. Say his Say name. Say his name, Lord Jesus Christ. We'll raise that rapist Say baby up name. to Jesus Christ and he could be the next president. Now that's- Did you see Rick Perry stumble? What's that? Did you see Rick Perry stumble? Yeah, it was awesome. It was such a- Hilarious. It was such a, a fucking. It was uncomfortable to watch that. It's it was, hilarious to think that you don't know that. Yeah, you forgot. You don't know that. You forgot that. Yeah. You're running for president. How the fuck are we going to let you keep track of the world's military presence? Isn't he the executioner? Isn't Rick Perry the one who had like shitloads of people he executed? Oh, when yeah. He, in Texas. In sure. Texas. Yeah. 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 He fr- he's, Including he, controversial ones. He sends them to the fryer. Yeah. They send a lot of them to the fryer, which, you know, listen, if people are cunts, I kind of like that. I like getting rid of them, but I don't trust the political system. So. That's the problem. Yeah. That's the, that, that is it. That, yeah. That's number one. But right? Rick Perry's a, you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet kind of guy. It's like, if I got to fucking kill a couple of nice people to fry a bunch of assholes, then well, that's the price you pay for, uh, for Liberty. Yeah. He is one of those guys, right? Yeah. That's what he's like. He's a, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a fucking asshole is what he is, man. Yeah. I mean, you can't, the, it's like, that's the main thing. Until we perfect the system, the death, the, the government, the legal system, you can't have the death penalty. You can't, it, it's not part of being a, 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 a citizen of the United States does not mean that you've got a risk being falsely imprisoned and executed uh, because the legal system isn't perfect. That's wrong. You you can't give the ultimate punishment unless you've really perfected the system. Yeah. You until know? we know, like, until we know 100%. I know there's way better methods now than there have ever been before when you include genetics and just... Yeah. I've watched CSI. I'm pretty sure I'm up to what they're up to. But still, there's still fucking... There's a lot of doubt in some cases. There's, there's, and there's also fucking shady cops, man. There's people who plant evidence. They plant evidence. Sure. It happens all the time. You know, it's it's not something that's never taken place in the history of man. It is most certainly taken place. It's been proven. So you you got to know your system is fucking airtight and it's just not. Also, what if someone actually reforms? Yeah. While they're in prison, what if someone is actually now a, a, a good person? Are you still going to kill them? depends on what they did if they killed people let's I'd say, say yeah. they killed someone yeah i'm i'm biblical on that man you're sharia on that yeah i'm eye for an eye it's sharia law i think there's there's certain justifiable homicides you know i think i believe in that i believe in if someone's trying to kill you like i heard this uh story who told me the story was it you about the death metal band yeah yeah you tell me tell me the story uh okay we t- you told me on the plane yeah okay tell so, me story. so so here's the story the, uh, there's a uh a, perfect example of justifiable there's, homicide there's a, a documentary on uh, Norwegian death metal that I saw on Netflix. So if I fuck up the story for death metal fans out there, I apologize. I'm going to tell it as best as I can remember it. But so the idea is there's this, uh, it's about Burzum. There, basically, it's about this group. You know, like how, like, uh, where did punk form? Did punk in, in the UK? No, no so idea. punk forms and there's like a group of like punk bands. Wherever there's an art movement, there's a group of artists who are like the core of the of the movement. Or even in like music, you know, like with gangster rap, there was NWA. There's a bunch Ice-T. of yeah, right, yeah. and they all kind of form together. So Norway's answer to that is Norwegian death metal, where these fucking guys decide that they're gonna go hardcore and be like truly truly as dark as you can get terrible people terrible well they they like so they started 
burning down churches. They started going through the countryside, burning down churches. And uh, one in, in one of the bands, one of the band members uh, was so depressed because he's uh, into death metal and that's all they think about is death, that he goes back to his house, puts a gun in his mouth, and blows his brains out. And the other guy in the band comes to the house, sees his dead body, takes a picture of his fucking head, and uses that as the cover of their next album. (laughs) Holy shit. Yeah, it's just fucking hardcore, man. So they're burning down churches, and uh, Burzum... Uh, Burzum um, hears that this other guy was his competitor. Or he was, he was, uh, had had some history with. He, he heard that this guy was saying, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill him. I'm just gonna kill him." And uh, he was bragging about how he's gonna kill him. So this guy's like, "Oh, well, okay. He, he wants to kill me. He's going to kill me. So I'm gonna have to kill him first. And he got in his car and he drove to where the guy was and he fucking executed the guy. He killed him. He went to jail. He's in jail in Norway." Oh, play Burzum receiving his life sentence. Wait till you see this. Can we play that on YouTube? He, I don't know. I think so. So he gets like not life sentence. Is this the movie? Hey, Brian, by how the way, is, right here. I'm, I'm noticing this before we play this. How would you have me reversed? You have my left hand, my right hand, and my right hand, my left hand. <laughs> it's so that it's it looks, freaking me out, man. It's, it's so that it looks oh, like so we're all, all talking each to each other. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's so bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, look up. Uh, Burzum receives sentence, and it's really weird because the guy gets like a 27-year sentence in prison because that's all they can give in Norway. And he that's gives, it? Yeah, and he gives the creepiest smile. Whoa. He just so smiles. how many years has he been in for? I, I think, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't follow death metal that in much. In Norway, you can only get 27 years something no matter like, what you do? Something like that. God, I feel like, I'm sorry, man, you guys. If I know, I feel like I've thrown out some like wonky facts. Like, <laughs> I, only, I only have a fuzzy What's understanding of everything. How do you say the guy's name again? Uh, Burzum, B-U-R-Z-U-M. Vlad, Vlad something, Vrignes or something. Vlad Vrignes. Let me see. Yeah, that's him. What does it say? Burzum and his sentence. smile at the, yeah. This one? That one. That's the guy who did it. That's the guy. They were burning down churches, man. They were burning down these antique wooden churches. And someone wanted to kill him. Yeah. Crank that shit. Let me hear that. Vikenes blev dömd för överlagt drap. I tillägg blev han dömd för att tänt på Holmenkongen kapell i Oslo, Skollkirke i Rogaland, Åsanen kirke i Bergen och för försök på ilsposättelse av Storetveit kyrkeskottdorn i Bergen. That's cuz fucking prison in Norway is like a country club. Is it really? Oh yeah, man, it's nice, dude. They've got nice prisons there. Really? Yeah. It's not like the US prisons. They Norway's got this really fucking intense ethic about reforming people they really want to reform people their prison systems are based on reformation rather than revenge like in the united states it's like exacting punishment we must punish you we're going to take it out of your hide there they're like look let's let's try to fix them maybe there's a way to make it so that uh they don't go back into society you know as criminals still we might be able to just fix them you know fix the problem wow because i mean the death penalty you don't have how do you feel about that oh i think it's genius you think it's does it work uh, I don't know. I don't you know. know. The, you know, one of if the it things, works, it's great. You know, when we were in uh, England, 
Do you remember uh, there was a, a moment where, like, I was talking to the crowd about how polite people are in England? Like, this is crazy. Like, this is so different than America. Yeah. Like, the way people act and the way people behave. The crowds, they're just so different. And in Norway, they're probably, like, pretty nice folks for the most I part. Bet. Right? I mean, yeah. if it, this is what they're trying to do. Yeah. You know I mean? Think of how nice and friendly people are in England. And this probably, it's probably real similar in Norway. It's almost like that system has to be in place almost from the get-go. It's like once you get as rotten as the, the, the prison system that we have today, to take those people yeah. and just shove them into country clubs and make everything nice and fun and easy. Yeah. Well, we, but we don't... The thing is, man, we, there's so many other... You know, there's the... What do they call What did McKenna call Do you know what I'm it? saying? Do you think that that would ever possibly work? Well, you have to... I, I think you have to mix in some uh, pharmaceuticals. You have to be able to legally give them mushrooms and psychedelics in combination with like really radical therapies to reform them. And I we're to not reform allowed. the way they're thinking. Yeah, and you can't do that now. You can't do that now. They but they Is used it, to. Timothy Leary was doing it with uh, Alpert. They were doing uh, experiments with re- reforming prisoners, and they would go into jails and eat mushrooms with the prisoners. They would trip with the prisoners. Whoa. Yeah, and and it was you know it's it's anyone who's done a psychedelic, if you think about it, you're like, oh yeah, this could really this if anything can uh, fix a person's deep psychic problems. This could do it if it was if it was done the right way, you know. But we, because of the what is uh what did McKenna call it the pharmacological inquisition that is happening right now? Mm-hmm. These substances are you, you can barely even experiment with them, and now that they have Johns Hopkins University is saying, oh yeah, if you eat mushrooms, it'll improve your personality. Yeah. You know, so so maybe that's the key. Maybe, you know, the the Hopkins study will lead to more studies which will lead to, you know, treatments for like people who have, you know, Yeah, but are all these studies when they get do do these do these studies? All these people that are taking these studies are usually people that need money and probably are depressed anyway. So, uh, they probably made everybody's life uh, happy. They, see, the thing is, man. <laughs> you know they, what I mean? Like, if you, they, yeah. they don't take like really nice, wealthy uh, golfers that are retired on Florida and go, "Hey, take this study." They're probably taking like people that need uh, a quick three hundred dollars. No, they're so very they're probably... strict about it. They have like when they do when they're getting applicants, especially for big studies like these. They have uh-huh. like that's part of the when the FDA is approving this shit. Right. That's part. Of, that's a big part of what they go through. Is like where are you getting your control group? Where are you getting your where are you getting your group from that you're doing the study on? Because if it was like you're thinking about the way they do tests for TV shows. You no, know, I'm saying that like is these studies like the same that I used to do in college, or are these studies like a bunch of poor people, or are they yeah, like a mix of these studies? Right. Because yeah, that who means is a lot. John Hopkins you know? study where they studying students. You can you can look up. There's like housewives in the Johns Hopkins studies. They were like intentionally trying to find people who are like not as familiar with mushrooms or hadn't taken them because but needed a quick three hundred dollars for the study. You know what I'm yeah, saying? That's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, you know, I yeah. don't, I don't know, man. And that's a good point. Because all those people, if they take mushrooms, their life's gonna feel better because they're fucking. You know what? Great, I, I you don't know? like. It mean I don't like eating them. mushrooms when I'm fucking broke. And if I was in a, I don't know that. I don't know that. What? I don't know that. <laughs> I don't know the income. I don't. That sucks. When you're tripping and you start thinking about bills, that's a fucking yeah. shitty trip. Well, man. yeah, it depends on how much it weighs on you. For it, some people. Um, when you're broke, it's 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 all day. It weighs on you. Other people can just kind of brush it off, and they don't they don't seem to give a fuck. Yeah, I, I, I consider I th- it a party drug. Like I want to fucking leave this reality. I want to ex- just get the fuck out of this. You know, that's what you consider mushrooms. Yeah, yeah, I do too. But along the way, uh, you know, it's, it's always this white knuckle ride where you're scared as fuck yeah. before you do it, 
And then once you do it, you realize, God, why was I ever scared of this? And then after it's over, you you know, you sort of assess whatever you've kind of absorbed, whatever fish you've caught in your golden net. That's cool, man. You know? Yeah, you catch some fish. I have, but I never, mushrooms, I've never thought of them as like a part, go out party drug. I, I, you know, like in the, in the days when I would take it, acid was that, like I could go out and like have fun or like go out into the, I wanted to go, I, I'd go to like, when I was a kid, you go to shopping malls and trip just see. So Did you, you ever get to a point where you weren't lucid, like you couldn't communicate? With LSD? Yeah, like where you're talking, you're out and you're talking to people and you just can't keep it together, like you can't communicate with them? Uh, not when I was out. I mean, I've taken like, I took a really powerful dose and tried to have a conversation with the girl I was taking, I was taking it with. And I sounded like a schizophrenic. I was having like word salad. Cause like oh, wow. we had just gone to some Greek festival and I'd watched these little kids dancing. And, and I was like sitting watching these kids, like doing some weird Greek traditional dance. And it was like, it felt like I could see through the concrete and it I felt like there was like it just felt like this beautiful moment where it was like the universe is like you know the this is like a watching a flower like it's a traditional weird dance and it's, it's so cool the way yeah. the universe can express beauty in that way and yeah so I was like tripping and sitting on the couch and I'm trying to like tell her and universe flower <laughs> flower beautiful you god yeah you know uh, that just, kind of word salad just wow. shit because i was so like spellbound and also tripping so hard my language centers have gotten fucked up i mean when you see someone on a heavy dose of acid they have a problem talking they like their language gets all mixed up and weird my last shroom thing i couldn't even walk that was the first time i ever did a psychedelic where i couldn't use my feet i fell to the whoa ground. that's crazy you fell to the ground in the presence of jesus Praise say Lord. his name dude do you want to hear my podcast prayer yeah i do but uh i wanted to ask you something that i just forgot what i wanted to ask you um oh oh did you know that ted kaczynski was involved in the harvard lsd studies you told me that it's fucking crazy man there's a whole documentary about it it's not an american one it's called the net and it's all about how they caught him and it's all about what you know how he got started and he you know there's i think there's certain people that are accusing that study of uh wrecking his brain you know, and that he was yeah, uh, a fairly sure. normal guy. And once he went through the LSD study, they cooked him. Really? They, they cooked his mind. Yeah. But they probably gave him crazy high doses. Well, I, th- I don't think they do. I don't think they knew back then. They didn't know. They were fucking around. You know, I think there was a lot of experiment. No way they knew, man. They were just fu- Who knows? They, they had no idea, man. How do they know what the, the correct know, dose was? 32 ounce of acid. Oh, it could have been, man. It could have been. They <laughs> yeah. did some nutty shit to people. People made some big mistakes, man. People made some big they, mistakes. They back tried then. to cover it, though. They tried to cover the fact that Kaczynski was a part of their uh, their studies. Because it's a real embarrassment. I mean, I don't. When I say they, I don't even know who the fuck they are. I might have made that up. How about that? But <laughs> what did they, happen? Yeah. What did happen is the guy became a professor of mathematics for a few years at I think it was University of California Berkeley, and he just did it to make enough money to buy this cabin in the woods and plot his attack on technology Jesus and Christ. people. He was gone, man. He was gone. This guy was. Out alone in the woods. If you don't know the story of the Unabomber, you know, if you're a, a young child, if you're, you know, coming to us under the age of 20, you might not even have ever heard of it Weird. before. But it was a, a guy who was a brilliant, brilliant guy who was targeting all these various people that were involved in technology and fucking blowing their heads He's off. Sending mail bombs. Yeah. Yeah. And he was doing it all from a fucking shack in the middle of Building mail bombs. Yeah, remember? That's what wow, he did. That was like right. the sketch that they had of him. 
And um, he uh, was uh, really terrorizing people for a long time, and they were having a really hard time figuring out who the fuck he was. They knew he was a genius, but they couldn't figure out who he was. And then he released a manifesto, and his brother read the manifesto, and his brother said he knew. He said he knew right away. He's like, oh, this is my crazy-ass fucking psycho brother <laughs> that lost his mind to LSD, who's living in the woods in a box. He's got like this wooden box that he lives in in the middle of the woods. He thought that technology was eventually going to uh, take over, and technology was the enemy, and it was. Uh, yeah, there's well, there's that's a whole form of like anarchy. Yeah. There's a guy Zerzan. If you look up John Zerzan, mm-hmm. I think his name. I've heard that name before. Yeah, yeah he's you? this intense like anarchist who's like anti-technology, which is weird because he's yeah. got a blog, but. Kaczynski um, was right in a way, though, right? I mean, technology is sort of taking over our lives and eventually is going to be a part of our lives permanently. You know, once you start going to, uh, what is who's That's that? Zerzan. I mean, you, you start getting to the point where people become human hybrids, you know, we, when we become cyborgs, you know, technology literally will take over. Yeah, totally, man. I mean, I mean it's like there is for sure. It. I mean, he saw a path and... I mean, it's a horrible thing that he did, but it's fascinating that blowing his brain out on acid would make him reach that conclusion. I mean, I'm, I might be simplifying his position. It was I'm, a factor. It was probably a factor. If the guy was already imbalanced or was already right. off, taking like heavy doses of Harvard LSD back in, back in the day, that's not going to help you. Do you think it's possible to do that to a person who's fine? Do you think you can take like you and just... Blast your fucking brain out and you never come back? Fuck yeah. yeah. Like, like, what about MK Ultra? The government experiments with mind control and, like, the idea of creating a psychedelic bomb. I thought you were talking about Maddie Kirsch. No. Uh, <laughs> that's, what it, that's Maddie Kirsch's nickname. Uh, yeah, MK Ultra, man. Hilarious. Look that shit up. Yeah, so the, the, a psychedelic bomb, what do you mean? Like, what were they trying to do? They were trying. That's, have you ever seen Jacob's Ladder? Yes. They that's were what to that's. Do that. a, yeah, it's like that, that. It's like the idea is they were. Um, uh, they were experimenting with some kind of psychedelic that you could drop on troops like a nerve agent. That and was they would just s- all trip out. Yeah. Fall down and trip out. You can't out. fight if you're tripping really hard enough. So, you, so true. So like that, it was like they what were... a great idea that is. Great idea. Yeah, just bonk everybody out on acid. Sure. That's awesome. Fucking love bombs. Wow, a bomb. They need that in So they wanted it to explode in the air, and somehow or another, everybody would get infected with acid. I don't know that, how they were going to fucking distribute it. It was well, probably gas. If you would think that LSD, you just need a tiny amount of LSD. Uh, they, so it's, it was explained. But this shit wasn't LSD, Joe. This was like new, something, something they, they were trying to make to give you oh, wow. fucked up trips to give you like it wasn't like they wanted to give you a nice LSD trip. This some of the stuff they whipped up. Yeah, but I mean, even if it was just a strong LSD, if you, you gave, it? if you blew it on the troops, they'd be jacked. Oh, yeah. You Would know, you try it, Duncan. LSD troops? No, the shit troops that LSD? Were... No, it was <laughs> the, the shit that they're talking about is like a ri- they were like it was, it was a bad like bad trip. It's like a, a an evil death trip. It's not a good trip. And everybody would... would just fall down, be twitching in this trip. Oh my god! Is it, but but is that more humane than than nuking them? Than killing them? Yeah. Which is, is better? The, that's better, for sure. Make for people sure. trip out. It's better than nuking them. Have you ever met a guy that likes bad trips? Like that was like that was his bondage. Like I just need the worst trip. Like it's his <sighs> fetish. I'm about to die. Wow. I guess some. Yeah. You know that's a real terror though. People pretend they like terror. Nobody likes terror. You pretend you like terror because you want to be different or dangerous yeah. or moody or dark. But real terror. <laughs> Bad trips are no you good. You don't want that, bitch. Did I ever tell you about the time I saw a, a woman freaking out on acid at a rave? No. 
we were leaving. It was in the morning. It was me and my friend were leaving. And this girl walks. This girl's like crying and standing by herself. And we went up to her. I'm like, you all right? Can we help you? And she's like, I lost my friends. And uh, I can't find them. We're like, okay, well, why don't we, where do, you know, we're like, we'll give you a ride home. We'll take you home. Um, where do you live? Is, or do you have a car here? We're trying to help her out. Her yeah. eyes were fucking black as the as night black as the wings of satan just dilated like so we're like so we're so we're walking up the steps with her and all of a sudden she goes where is my mother i came from her womb i came from her womb and she's just screaming and we're like oh fuck this is a real bad trip she's melting down so we get to the top of the steps she's all of a sudden, she's back to normal. She's like, my friends, I can't find my friends. And I really Whoa. would like to. So we look over, and there's some paramedics. And we wave them down. They get her, put her on a table, straps, strapped her down. And the last thing I saw her was on a fucking table in front of a rave, writhing and going back into, my mother, I came from her womb. Strapped. Yeah, they had to, man. She's having Whoa. a psychotic break. Holy she lost shit. it. She took some shit and freaked the fuck out. And that was from acid? I don't know. I mean, something that dilated her eyes could have been a million things. Don't eat the brown acid. Don't eat the brown acid. <laughs> don't eat the brown. That's the that to me with my luck, it feels like that's something I would have heard right after I'd eaten the brown acid. Like oh. I would have take someone had just swallowed oh, that God. stuff. <laughs> don't eat the brown acid. That's the problem with drugs being illegal. You don't know what the fuck you're gonna get. Yeah, and you don't and most people don't know how to take them. No one educates people on how to take them, so you end up with some fucking dumb, dopey kid who slurps back too much acid or whatever at a fucking rave and ends up in a mental asylum. Probably for a How few many days. people do you think have gone crazy because of acid? Has anybody gone crazy because of anything else? Like, no one's gone crazy because of mushrooms, right? I don't know. Has that ever happened? I've never heard of that. I, I think if you're borderline anything, it so? could definitely push you over to push the you over. crazy side. Yeah, yeah. well, um, I remember uh, one particular DMT trip where reality was real slippery for like two weeks afterwards where um, I felt like I might be a little crazy. Right. I remember I felt like like this is uh I've seen something that doesn't make any sense and and I got there so easy and it's so much more vibrant than this world that it's it's very difficult for me to accept this world. So I start looking at this world as if this world might be some sort of an artificial construct and that might be the real world. It's it, it sounds completely retarded until you've had a real oh, yeah. full-blown psychedelic trip. Because when you have a real full-blown one, that world that you enter, whatever the fuck that is, that world of hallucination. I mean, hallucination is a strange word because it's, it, it implies something. You see something that's not there. Yeah. And I'm not necessarily sure that that's the correct way to look at it. I, I think you, you might be some, seeing something that is there, but you just can't see normally. I think that's more likely. I don't, right. I don't think – I mean, I think you know, people see fucking you know, a, a, a six-foot-tall rabbit that wants to take you to a, a, a secret room – yeah, you're probably hallucinating. Yeah, you are yeah. definitely hallucinating. Yeah. If you're not, you're in fucking trouble. But if you go so far that the world around you has dissolved, you you know, at that point in time, this might not be imagination. This might be another reality. It might be something that you're just not capable of tuning into on a, on a, on a regular basis. See, this, is a pro- this, this makes me think of a problem that I think is going to happen in the future, which is that once they figure out how to, like, neurally... Uh, put video games in your mind. Mm. 
people are going to start having these real big problems differentiating uh, virtual reality from actual reality. And there's going to be some serious problems up ahead because I, it's like, imagine, you know, what's the new, what's the modern warfare three that just came yeah. out? Like, imagine that, you know, six generations of consoles and computers down the line, right. you know? And it, so whatever that is, however, it's going to taste good. How They're going to feel it. You, they might have smells involved in it. But what happens when that reality gets so good, it, you can no longer distinguish realities. You can no longer distinguish virtual world, worlds from real worlds because right. they're triggering the same thing in your brain that reality is triggering right now, but they're doing it with computers. So it's indistinguishable. So how do you know when you've turned off the game? How exactly. do you know when you're not playing anymore? This is hippie talk, man. Oh, fuck that. This is what if, man. You're right. I don't think this is a what if. I I will admit to a million what ifs. But this, this seems like, if you think of where Atari, if you think of where Atari was back in the, when, you remember when Atari came Mm -hmm. out? Do you remember that shit? Right. And you saw that, for me, it was like, holy shit. You have to consider the possibility that if this life is some sort of an illusion, that it's some sort of an ever-changing illusion. And that you're constantly in a part of it. And maybe when you have these psychedelic trips, you wake up temporarily from the yeah. illusion. Maybe psychedelics are like like, like that sniffing shit that they give you when you get knocked out. Yeah, <laughs> like smelling, smelling salts. Smelling salts. Just, <laughs> what? Huh? What's going on? Oh, yeah. Where am I? Yeah, that's just, it. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I, no, that's... This is the work of fiction. Like it appears to be. Yeah, this is just some kind of, or, or it's just like really low down on the spectrum of awareness. I mean, it is happening, but you're only seeing one tiny pixel of the bigger thing. It does many times feel like it's a work of fiction, though, doesn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. Can I tell you when it really felt like a work of fiction? When we flew on Air France first fucking class <laughs> to the UK. That was, for me, it got really, really surreal and weird when we were sitting in that lounge. Like, this was, like, I, I never fly first class. Uh, so this was the kind of first class that I'd read about. Uh, if, if you're out there and you've never flown Air France first class, first of all, um, please stay away from me because I don't like talking with people who <laughs> haven't flown first class Air France. But you, I felt corrupted in the first 30 minutes. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, this is... This is so like different from any other flight. It made every other first class experience I've had seem like shit. Seem like some it was Well, you know what was really creepy? You know what a creepy move that they did, man? What? Everybody was there was first class, which was really nice, then there was business class, which is still really nice, and then there was coach, which always yeah. sucks. Well, we got up, the plane landed, yeah. and a lady went through the aisle telling the business class people to get out of the way and let the first yes. class people get off the plane That's first. Right. They, they, yeah, it's like uh, Titanic shit. I was like, it's Whoa. like Titanic shit. Yeah. But she, I've never seen anyone do it as aggressively as this lady did she it. She almost pushed a guy back. Yeah. She was, there was a guy who was trying to get through. She's yeah. like, no, sir, no, no, stay there. And then we all yeah. walk by. They, if you have a connecting flight, there's a bond girl basically waiting in some kind of town car that picks you up, yeah. drives you to the security check-in. You go through the security check-in. They're, they're basically, they're treating you like you're a, a toddler. They take you through the security check-in, and then you go up to this lounge. There's this special Air France lounge in Paris, and we're sitting there. Robin Williams walks Robin in. Robin Williams walks in. <laughs> <Are you serious? laughs> That's yeah. where things seem like fiction, where it's like, yeah. oh, okay, hi. really? I don't know him. I didn't want to bug him. Yeah. We didn't say hi, but it was very I weird. bugged the fuck out of Yeah, I w- I've been bugged. So I'll leave yeah. him alone. I don't need to talk to him. 
I just, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, it would feel weird talk, talking to him. Hey, you, you were awesome guy, in that Matt Damon movie, man. What's that? You're yeah. awesome in that Matt Damon movie, yeah. man. What was it? You're the, I like the photographer one. Oh, um, that was creepy as fuck. Yeah, he's a good actor. One hour photo or something. Um, but, yeah, um, it, it, it is weird how they push people aside. That they they want the first class people to get off first, like they made everybody sit down. Yeah, that was disgusting. It's disgusting, yeah. and it's also that's how a lot of people have grown accustomed to living every moment of their lives. You realize that the wealthy have, because you know sometimes I'll go out to a, a public place where there's a shitload of people, and I'll walk around, and I'll be like, man, I fucking hate being around all these people. This sucks. I don't like being in big crowds. It's annoying. It, it feels weird. And then I'll be like, you're being negative, man. You got to open up more. You shouldn't let this bother you. But I think a lot of super wealthy people, they're like, they analyze that feeling like, yeah, we don't want to be around anyone. We just want to be around a small groups of people sequestered from society. That are like us. That, that don't are like need us. our money. Yeah. That's it. And they've, they've, they've essentially, you know how like the Galapagos Islands have their own species from being separated? Yeah. I think like super rich people, they're, they're, they have their own species popping. They have this own thing happening where they don't even, they're, they're really separated from us. Like they don't know, they don't even know about you. I bet there's some super wealthy people that don't even fucking know about Occupy Wall Street. They don't even, Oh, that's ridiculous. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, come on. That's impossible. At this point, that's absolutely impossible. It felt like if to me it felt like there is a gigantic foam separation between like us and them. Did you see the Berkeley footage? No, I didn't. Cops with batons just shoving them into the guts of these little, little kids, girls uh, too. Girls. Uh shoving these batons into their sides, just jabbing them over and over. Then the kids are screaming. The kids are in a crowd. Okay, so the kids are in the front of the crowd, and they can't even go anywhere. There's people beaten. behind them. So these cops are, th- to, to push the crowd back, the cops are thrusting their batons into the unlucky people that are at the front of the line. Ugh. And they're little people, man, little skinny kids. And these cops are fucking jabbing oh, them with it batons. It's really uncomfortable, man. Brian. You have really got a great Brian, studio you, going you, on here. You got the thing isn't even in focus. No, this isn't it. That's not it. It's it's probably one. It's of just many one of the many footage of yeah, the cops beating people. They're sticking. They're, Look at him. I see him. Look at him doing yeah. that shit, yep. man. They're poking him. This isn't as clear. Yeah, yeah. They're hitting him. Holy yeah. shit! I haven't seen this one. They're just beating them. are these people? It's so crazy that this small group of men, it's like a classic, they're screaming stop beating students. This small group of men has to face this gigantic horde of unarmed people. And a small group of men, you know, they immediately have to automatically go on the defensive. Yeah. And look at them. They have bulletproof vests on and fucking helmets and guns strapped to their side and batons. You well, know, yeah. and they also have to wear riot gear with face shields and shit. I mean, they're coming at you, letting you know that they're there to fight. You know, I mean, look, this is what it is. Look, they're wearing helmets with face shields and shit, man. But I like the guy's shirt. 
Pink shirt. Yeah. This guy. That guy's shirt. I hate his belt though. That guy's shirt's a baton target. Yeah, you're not calling in the barbarian, dude. Get a now, real what, belt. Now, why are they are they telling them to get <laughs> off the property, or Tell why are they? It's uh, a good question. Yeah, it's what are they doing question. here? Are they scooping these people off the the property? I'm guessing. I don't know. They're checking them for lice. <laughs> um, I, you know, obviously they're telling people to stand back, and the people look. You know, if if there's a crowd of people, the people at the front are gonna get pushed forward, oh man. My God. Oh shit. Ugh. Yo, this is dark stuff, man. Look really at this boot, boot to the neck. These wow. fucking bastards. He's uh he's going shin to neck. That's a shitty it's, control, it's by the way. It's not a good way Don't to teach hold them. people down. Don't teach them. Go shin to shin neck on a normal person. They get right up, stupid. Yeah. Try tickling. That's first. just trying. You're trying to hurt somebody when you go shin to neck, unless someone else is holding them in, in the back. That's mean. They're trying to enforce. You know, they're they're trying to like. Make them feel pain as they're cuffing them. You know, that's they're, right. They're they throw them down it. really hard. They're really rough. Yeah. Well, it's not only like that. They're. Um, Did you see him? He just. Sh yeah. He didn't need to shove her like that. Who are these yeah. guys? Who are these guys? What do these guys do after work? I don't know. These are cops, man. We need to find out who specifically who these people are and 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 create special uh, videos with their names and every and their badge I'm sure they're numbers. Already doing, there's already occupied there needs, people. Some, someone needs, there, but there needs to be a website. Just dedicated to identifying the police at these protests who are being violent and pressing charges against them and suing them and making it so that it becomes financially uh, dangerous for the individual to act the way that they're acting. Because if these cops, if we if we can just get one of them, and I'm not saying get one violently, obviously I'm saying, but if we can just get one legally or financially if one of these cops can go down like that, then then all of them will start being afraid, and they won't be so uh, prone to use violence like that. That should be uh, someone should be taking charge of this that. Is so this is so surreal to me that this is happening right now. This is what, what a sign of the times this is, man. It's like watching an Alex Jones dream or something. It's watching this yeah. is like the shit he was talking about. This oh, he's a, right. This he's, is look, what he's been talking about. What forever. I always say about Alex Jones, he's right seventy percent of the time. 70% of the time, he's right. It's the 30% of the crazy stuff that he kind of makes up. That but these, I, don't, I wouldn't even say makes up. He, he just he get, he goes a little too deep on certain subjects. But these police, aren't, I, I don't know, because, I mean, who knows? But it's, I, it's hard for me to believe that they're thinking about the new world order or protecting globalization. Yeah, it feels exactly. like they're just normal guys well, who are doing this. It's their, a terrible position it. to be in. I mean, imagine if you're a cop, and all of a sudden they tell you, this is what you have to do. You have to get the hippies off the lawn. Uh, sir, there's... 300,000 of them. What are you going to do? How are yeah. you going to get them off the lawn? Good luck, man. You, I mean, what are you supposed to do? We, we, I, the mayor has ordered you to clear the lawn, so we must clear the lawn. You can't clear that lawn, man. You, what, if you're a cop, what the fuck are you going to do? You know, I, the cops are obviously being sent there to keep these people from protesting or push them off of certain areas or keep them from entering certain places. But at the end of the day, you know, they're stuck. They're, they're, there's, there's no excuse for what they're doing. There's no excuse for beating those people. There's no excuse for prodding those people. They should absolutely get, not be cops because they can't handle that if they're doing that. People you don't have to them. hit someone who's not hitting you, man. No, none of those people were hitting back. This, this, it wasn't like they were in danger and they had to protect themselves. I no, they were ragdolling people, man. There needs to be a public shaming of those, of those guys. Yeah. There needs to be. You know how a Well, it's also this. The, 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 here's the other part, though. The fucking the the Occupy movement, all right. There's a lot of shenanigans going on. A lot sure. of it is just nuts. It's not all a sure. bunch of people with valid points that are out there trying to resolve the issues that we currently have. A lot of it is just crazy assholes. 
You know, I mean, it's not all activists at these fucking things. These things are magnets for chaos. They're magnets for various, like, constant patterns of behavior in humanity. Also, but by now... Stereotypical patterns of behavior, like hippies, thugs, drug dealers chaos there's homeless people there's there's a lot going on i mean it's a community of people that have taken to occupying giant chunks all dude they showed occupy everywhere was a poster that someone put up online on the message board i looked at it it showed all the different places where people are protesting like what the fuck man that's when it really hit when you there's a, a photo it says occupy everywhere see if you could find that dude there's occupy us and occupy everywhere and the photos are, are fucking yeah. trippy, dude. When you look at all the different protests, you're like, how, whenever has it been like this before? Right, that's right. Never. It's never been like this before. Right. This is incredible. Yeah. This is a strange, strange time. And it snuck up on us. Yeah, I know. It was so quick. All of a sudden, there's protests are everywhere. And it really makes you take into consideration, like, where's the, where's the end point? They can't win. You know that Martin Luther King... Who can't win? The fucking pigs. They're not going to win. <laughs> Don't get to the, the time machine, the man. Are you talking about the coppers? The coppers, she. No, the, the pigs. The pigs, man. That's the best word. When you see some yeah. fucking fatty with a baton poking a 17-year-old girl, there is no better description for that man than pig, oinker, piggy. That's what that guy is. He's a fucking disgusting yeah. fucking pig a useless cowardly human who's been hired by evil people to uh push down the force of evolution in the universe and if you try to stop evolution you're fucked i don't know what's going to happen to that pig or the people like him but it's not going to be great that's you can't hold it back what's happening it won't work i i think as soon as you turn cops loose on people cops are used to dealing with the enemy they're used to dealing with criminals they're used to behaving a certain way because yeah. out in their world, they have to behave that way. If you want to stay alive yeah. as a cop, you got to take no bullshit from any fucking perps. You got to, you know, you got to arrest people. You got to deal with dangerous, violent criminals that don't want to go to jail and know that you want to put them in jail. It's a fucking high pressure, high stress Absolutely. job. Absolutely. The person to blame is not those cops. It sounds like they should be to blame, but the person to blame is the person who put those cops in a position where they're going after law-abiding citizens. Well, That's the problem but, because then, even though those people technically aren't committing any crimes other than loitering, I mean, what are they doing? I mean, isn't there a I right to protest? Well, I mean, who knows what the latest statutes Probably, are? I think it's the property, though. I don't, property. I, it's just, yeah. you know, this is, they're ruining the lawns. You don't need sure. to, but they're, here's the thing. Here, can I just, I just want to say, because it couldn't be, what I said could be misconstrued. I'm not saying all cops are pigs. I know you're not. I know okay, you're not. but no, I want to be very, very You're talking very about those guys that are doing that. that. What I'm the, saying yeah. is, Cops are wired to deal with criminals. I mean, they try to work with people all day, but you got to be on edge, man. You got to be on edge all the time. And when some asshole tells these cops, now you have to go and you have to push back these crowds of unhappy, intelligent people who are nonviolent. And these people have very valid points about the corruption that has eroded our system to an almost unfixable point. And they're fucking upset because they're in college, and where the fuck is their future? And yeah. you cunts have ruined the whole batch. There's nothing left for us. We're growing up, and we're coming out, and there's nothing left for us, you fuckheads. You've ruined the whole thing. And you're a cop, man, and you are the enemy. You represent the man. Yeah. They treat you hostily. You treat them hostily. They don't listen to you. You treat them like criminals. That's how you're wired. You're wired to treat criminals Training. like criminals. 
Yeah, they, all of a sudden, these young kids who have very valid points become criminals. But it's also because there's a lot of douchebags in those groups. That's what Those it, groups are never pure, you know? Well, no, and also those groups are, by the way, I mean, the whole fucking problem with the, uh, the current formation of this protest movement or this revolution uh, right now is that it's, it's so loosely... Uh, it's the problem and it's what's awesome about it is that it's uh, modular and it seems to be, you know, broken up in all these groups that have come together into this one thing. But there is no easier group to infiltrate than a modular group like that. So by now, the CIA, they they, are, they must have infiltrated. Oh, They've course. got people there. They're like they're studying like, OK, what's the best way to handle this? How can we? Implant, break this up break this up or make it start turn, turn cia it. guys or fuck guys girlfriends yeah <laughs> that sucks that. <laughs> oh, that would suck that's, that's the what they're cia decides it. to fuck your girlfriend yeah the cia guys are just gonna they're gonna give my agra and and get these chicks high and just fuck the shit out of them yeah they, a lot of these girls they, they've never been with a real man they're hanging out with all these hippies so, oh wait and, so you think cia fuck agents have infiltrated occupy yes, wall street that's what my I'm claim is that porn movie <laughs> That's the movie, man. That is the movie. CIA porn operatives. CIA dick-slinging experts. Like, they show up at gangbangs. Mr. Johnson, come with me. Your government needs you. And he's, man, I'm in the middle of fucking all these bitches. And this guy's just banging these bitches left and right. And that's what they do. They no, send it's, them in. No, it's a group of them. One of the guys, they got to pull out of retirement. They're like, we need you. I can't fuck again. I fucked my soul out in Vietnam. I'm not going. We need you. You've got to come. These hippie girls have got to be fucked. They, these hippie girls are not getting good dick ever. These guys are eating nothing but granola and hemp seeds and shit, and they smell. They just No one's just grabbing these girls and fucking the shit out of them, and that's what the CIA guys do. These, these porno yeah. guys, they send them in. They start fucking all these girls. It well, creates is, turmoil. It's a special division. <laughs> it's like the A-team. They have the their hippie own, fuckers. Yeah, they, yeah. they call themselves the hippie fuckers. Yeah, they've been doing it. There's boot camps yeah. where they Could you imagine? In. That would work, man. On a lot of these unfucking balanced people, that would work. Fuck them into submission? Yeah. Send, send a bunch of guys to just go in there and fuck everyone, man. Well, I We're guess, just going to yeah. hire like Brad Pitt-looking dudes. And yeah. just have them just run through the ranks. Get in with them. Get tight with them. And then just start banging dudes' wives. That's your job. And then, like, be real sloppy about it, you know, to say that you want to be dangerous. But get caught. Get caught left and right. <laughs> All the time. All the time. Always you leave Everybody a sock. Everybody gets caught. Everybody You'll, gets caught. <laughs> I leave a Rolex. You always loads. leave Loads. You leave loads all loads. over the bed. You pull out on, t- on purpose and shoot your load Everywhere. on a dark cushion. Yeah. Just, the, you know, the, the guy sits down and he looks at it. He's like, this is a fucking load. You've been fucked by this the CIA. This is a load. <laughs> the CIA has infiltrated no, our tent. No, they have like, they actually can come in a pattern that indicates they were there. Like, like a wax z- seal. Like Zorro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what they do. They come on you and then they let it slowly congeal. And then they put a seal on it. <laughs> they brand you. I got to use the bathroom. Go use the bathroom, man. Don't hold it in. Jesus Christ. Do you know where it is? Yeah. In our powerful new Death Squad studios. Do, 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 do. So, Brian, um, do you know anything about, uh, you don't know anything about this football case? Nothing. Duncan, where are you going, fella? So, over there. You don't even know where you're going. <laughs> Fucking guy. Gets lost in a room with two doors. <laughs> I know. He, and he tried that already. Uh, do, you, do you know anything about this football case? Uh, no. We talked about it on one of the podcasts earlier, but uh, it, it seems like one guy was caught up to 40 different people that he's fucked oh. like in showers and stuff and, and he was an assistant football coach yeah. Sandusky and he yeah. apparently is like a famous guy right. I don't know anything about the world of football but I've heard the name Joe Paterno yeah. I've heard the name 
and then I guess uh, Ashton Kusher uh, came on Twitter and said something like, I can't believe they fired him or something like that. Like he was defending the guy. And then somebody uh, said that now he, Ashton, gave his uh, Twitter account to somebody else to do for now on because it's just too many f- feedback from what he said. or something. So someone else is handling his Twitter account That's, because yeah. he complained that they fired a guy who covered up a fucking assistant coach who was banging kids. Let me tell you something, man. If a guy's banging kids, you kind of know. Right. I don't think you don't know. Especially 40 accusations. This guy's taking kids on the road with him, man. He took kids on the road with him, put them up in hotels, bought them presents and shit. Right. You know, and not only that, there was a story that the DA who was investigating the case disappeared in 2005. Yeah. So, you know, they had to fire him, man. This could be some crazy cover-up murder shit. We don't even know what the fuck happened yet. This guy was like a loved guy. I mean, this is a huge, huge scandal. Apparently, you know, I talked to people that were, what is it, Penn State? Is that what it is? Yeah, Penn the State. The Nittany Lions? Is yeah. that what they call themselves? I don't know. I don't even know, man. I'm sorry. People are like, <laughs> you don't know shit about football, you fucking pussy. Yeah, here's the Sandusky. Here's the missing guy, uh, the Sandusky guy. Yeah, he's a missing DA, the district attorney. He went missing in 2005. They fucking probably iced this guy, man. Yeah. You know, when you're dealing with a, a case this big, apparently what happened was a grad student went into uh, a shower, went back to retrieve something, and he heard noises in the shower that were like like steady rhythmic slapping noises, went in and saw this guy fucking an eight, a 10-year-old boy in the ass in the shower. And they also, investigators have him on the phone with one of the boy's mothers and the boy's mother asks him if he touched the boy in an inappropriate place in an inappropriate manner and he goes uh maybe maybe he said maybe yeah it was like yeah um i don't know uh maybe maybe i did like maybe you did like when you're that crazy you're that pedo they were protecting a pedo, man. That's that's all this yeah, is. Yeah, because they don't want to ruin the football. Yeah, they that's were crazy. Straight up protecting a pedo. There's no question about it. There's no question about it, man. You know that. There's no way you can hide that darkness, man. That's as dark as it gets. You're fucking little boys and they're little assholes. You're gonna hide that. Ten year old boys. Not even a man. You know, it's not. It's not like you're tricking men into in your banging. You know, poor straight men. No, 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 no. You're you're banging little boys. You're a piece of shit, man. You're worse than you're worse than you're the worst kind of demon. Yeah. How does how do, how is it possible that that guy can just be interacting with everyone else and they're not going to know that no one's going to weird out? You're all going on the road together, and no, there's uh, Mr. Sandusky with his fucking ten year old buddy. You'd be like. What are you doing with this 10-year-old boy? Is this your son? If that was your son, that's one thing. Well, he's close to his kid. He likes to take his kid with him when he goes to football games. Little boy loves football. Yeah, okay, that's great. That's a great dad. But if you're a guy who's just taking some 10-year-old around with you and he's always got new presents and shit, how does everybody not look at that? How does everybody not go, what the fuck is going on with this guy? There's something, there has to be some weird interaction between them. There has to be something that treats you. That, there has to be. When a, a boy's getting fucked by some old man... You don't, you don't just sneak that through. No, hey, what's man. that 10-year-old boy? I don't know. He's always near me. Fucking weird kid. No, but there's a, uh, like, you know, in families, kid, people who've been molested, yeah. it was like pre- they would pretend that it wasn't happening. The family would kind of pretend it wasn't there, but it, they all know it's kind of there, but nobody wants to deal with it because yeah. it's so fucked up. 
I know a girl who was molested by her uncle, and her family attacked her and her sister and her cousins, who were all molested by the same guy. Her family all attacked them and said that they were all lying. And they're like, whoa. Like, this guy molested them for years. Yeah. For years, and nobody would believe it. That's it. It's amazing. They were. What if, the, like, the rest of the them. family all molested the uncle, and that was like their, the, <laughs> their little gimp, and they're just trying to cover their Yeah, camp. they're just evil 10 year old demons <laughs> going after the uncles. Yeah. Have you read so. that book, Lolita? No. It's really good. I used so, to Google search Lolita a lot. No, the, it's what gave birth to that term. <laughs> you know what's really bizarre, man? The uh, arbitrary age of 18 when one, when one becomes legal. Because there was a thread on the message board recently where some attractive young lass has just become 18. Uh-huh. And there was a celebration. So there's all these photos of this uh, well-endowed little hooker. And I shouldn't call her hooker. She's probably a nice girl. Well-endowed little night. I, when I say hooker, I call my friends hookers. Yeah. Like, I'll call Duncan a hooker. I don't mean it in a bad way, just to clarify. But this well-endowed, nice young lady, and they're all talking about fucking the shit out of her. And I'm like, man, that's dark. Uh, she was just a little baby uh, like a couple of weeks ago. Like a, a couple of weeks ago, she was 17. <laughs> yeah. Now she's 18, and you guys all want to shove your rods inside yeah. of her. Like, that's dark, man. Isn't it? Yeah. It's kind of dark. There's something, but it's fucking totally legal. You know, you know, one guy was like, I'd like to see her dirty cunt or something. He's saying some like really ruthless dirty shit. Dirty cunt. Yeah. I'll, I'll fuck the shit out of this dirty cunt. I, you know, some, something along those lines. And it made me laugh because it was ridiculous because it was so over the top. But then I thought about it. I'm like, it's kind of creepy that you can say this about an 18-year-old. Where you what can't, about, if you say that about a 16-year-old, you're a piece of shit, man. Yeah, what about right. states that are even younger, like 15 and stuff? And right. you're like, oh, they're 14 before. That's right. crazy. Yeah, well, you know, I think, I don't think it's uniform all across the country. I think Nevada, right. where that fucking dude, that 51-year-old dude got... Um, Courtney Stodden. Yeah, married that Sam girl. Sam Tripoli's neighbor, you mean. Sam Tripoli's neighbor. We Shut didn't up. even talk about it on Sam oh, Tripoli's forgot. show. We forgot to talk about Wait, it. Wait, he's neighbors with Courtney Stodden? Yeah. Yes, dude. Well, we'll talk about it on tonight's podcast. Wow. Yeah. Sam Tripoli's uh, crazy. Uh, show. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, we're going to do another podcast tonight, folks. This is how fucking wild we are. We're doing a podcast with Duncan... Where's Duncan? I can't talk. We're doing a podcast with Duncan. And then when we're done with this, we got a show tonight, a sold-out show at the Ice House in Pasadena, Stage 2, the intimate venue. And so we're going to do that afterwards, and we're all going to come back here and do podcasts in between our sets. So it's uh, this fucking new room is key. This is awesome. It's such a sweet it's a setup. It's at the Ice House. So we're going to be doing a lot more podcasts from here. But what were we just talking about? We're talking about fucking Courtney Stodden. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's she's Tripoli's neighbor, man. Yeah. We'll let Tripoli talk about it again tonight. It's a teaser, ladies and gentlemen. But tease yourself. We're giving you a teaser. But, but in the meantime, before before Tripoli comes on, immediately follow Courtney Stodden oh, on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. So and then, then yeah. let Tripoli fill in the rest of her, the puzzle. Her Twitter's ridiculous. And she's 16 going on 40. She looks yeah. like a 38-year-old lady Did you see her on taking Dr. care Drew? of herself. Did you see no. her on Dr. No. Drew? Dr. Drew I had her on there just to see it because everyone says her boobs are fake. Right. So they had this doctor come in there and they made this whole like episode with like trying to figure out if it's if boobs are real. <laughs> right. And like the doctors had a hard time like, I can't see through this muscle. It's ridiculous. I, I don't know. Like they really built it up even more. But the more. whole time they're just feeling her tits. It's just yeah, an excuse that is to so so yeah, crazy. They're feeling sixteen-year-old tits we're on Doctor Mexican guys. Yeah. Dude, it's such, <laughs> we're the, we're such a repressed culture. We're such a sexually repressed culture that this kind of shit is what we fixate on. This yeah. is what we fixate on. Yeah. This is a real thing. Like, oh yes, bring her in, bring in the slut, so we can test her breasts. Well, it's not like they don't like each other. They obviously enjoy each other's company. They hang around together. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just 
You're not supposed to be banging a 16-year-old dude. No. And check this out. The I guess the uh, photographer of a lot of her photos, her sexy photos, like where she's with her her boyfriend or her husband yeah. or whatever, are actually taken by her mom. So oh, her mom Jesus. is ah! Yeah. Her what mom's, the that's, fuck, Give her man. the scarlet letter. Did We're, you ever see wow. there was like a one of those 2020 type shows and it was all on this porn star whose uh, parents support yeah. her work? What what was her name? I'm trying to remember. It's the one that uh, the Bunny Ranch guy used to yes. uh, hang out with. It's not it's not Sunny, is it? Sunny Lewine, Sunny Lewine, Sunny Lewine, Sunny Leon, Sunny Leon, Sunny Leon. Is that it? No, I don't think that is. Isn't it her? I think that's a different girl. I think that's a different girl. But don't you think it's really fucking weird? And that's a dark haired girl. I think. Don't you think it's really fucking weird? And and I and I think it's like obviously completely fucked up to like uh um fuck people under 18 but in general don't you think that outside of that which i think is like sociologically it's super fucked up and it clearly fucks people's lives up and people who do it should be thrown to alligators but in general isn't it strange that uh, for adults sex the terms used to describe sex dirty naughty filthy it's like we attach to the act of bringing life into the universe or simulating bringing life into the universe. We attach to that so many adjectives that are just like, it's disgusting, smut, filth. That's what, when you look at porn, that's like the words they use to sell porn. The dirtiest, smuttiest, filthiest whores, this side. Of, it's like yeah. so strange that. Well, it's because of, uh, obviously, because in order to have an industrial revolution, in order to you know, have uh, the society that we currently enjoy, people have to work. And if people were just dirty fucking all day, they would complicate shit. Nothing would ever get done. We have an ethic. And one of the ethics is you keep your fucking sexuality to yourself right. all day long. It's very weird. Mr. Herman Cain with your fucking unwanted massages. It's fucking Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's so fucking strange, man. It's like, yeah. it's what you were telling me about how you were in, what, you say you were in Germany and you watched like a gangbang on yeah. regular TV? Yeah. yeah. It's like. They didn't show penetration, but this dude was banging this chick from behind. Her tits were flopping around. There was shit. other people behind him that were fucking. Yeah, it was like it was almost like some soft core sort of a thing. But what you said about Hartman at the strip club, mm-hmm. that's uh, to me, that's like that. How it should be. It should be it joyful. Should be. It converts. Yeah. It's like it's the fact that it's not is an indication of how like backwards and repressed we are. Yeah. I mean, by the way, you know, filthy, dirty things are awesome. I'm not saying that that doesn't add to like the excitement of it, but. It seems like in in our culture, it's so it's so like fucking scarlet letter Nathaniel Hawthorne style humiliation of people who really aren't doing anything that bad compared to what other people in the world are doing. Right. You know, like it's it's a it's a lot worse for, you know, we've probably talked about this. Well, I think it's because we we have the instinct to fuck more than is necessary. We 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 have the instinct to fuck like we needed to fuck ten thousand years ago when half the babies were yeah. eaten by crocodiles. You know we have this this drive as long as the man is alive, as long as the man is breathing healthy and feeling robust. They want to fuck. They want to shoot loads into people and create more people. And it's just it's just the desire to breed. That's all it yeah. is. The desire to breed manifests itself in in a code that's in, in that runs your body. And as long as that code runs your body, people are going to want to fuck. And if that's going to be the case, if people are going to, there's no way you're going to get anything done because people are just going to be trying to fuck each other all day because that's what they want to do. So you have to figure out a way to suppress them and control them ah. and to calm them down. 
pedo bear. Pedo bear. Seal of approval. <laughs> you you know to calm them down <laughs> to the point where you know things get done. So you have to tell them it's naughty, it's dirty. Stop it. Stop. Put it away. Put it away. You got to shame them. It's the only way they feel yeah. bad about pulling it out. Oh, I don't want to fuck her, but I can't. He's oh, you go in the bathroom and thinking about that girl you're working with. Oh, you know, it's because you have this massive suppression during the day of your natural instincts and feelings. But didn't you McKenna, can't even express them. Didn't McKenna talk about some primordial like world where there were mushroom orgies? It was like this people like having yeah. mushrooms. His utopian view of the past was that there was uh, at one point in time society had engaged in like almost daily mushroom use, and that's what had elevated us from the lower hominids, and that was. The whole stoned ape theory, he believes that psychedelic mushrooms and the eating of them was responsible for the doubling of the human brain size over a period of two million yeah. years. Huge, huge mystery in the fossil record. So he had a lot of like uh, really nutty theories like that. But, you know, they're very interesting to consider. But I don't know. You ever been in an orgy? No, no, never been. You ever been in an orgy, Brian? Just two girls. I've never been in an Hello, orgy. Hello, Columbus, Ohio. I know, I know people who've been to orgies. I was at a party that... I know a girl worked at a place where they would have orgies. She worked as a cocktail waitress at this place where they would go, people would go, and then they would just start fucking. They would just meet up and go into rooms and fuck. And everywhere she went, she like, people were just fucking everywhere you went. You got there, and they weren't pretty. They weren't good-looking people, but they were just... All of them, like naked, half-naked. Some were dressed. Some, some didn't participate. They just watched. And there was like a club in L.A. And people would go and just fuck. Yeah, it was crazy. She was like laughing at it. She's like, it is the weirdest job. She goes, after a couple hours, I got used to the fact that people were just all around right. me fucking all the time. Nobody bothered me. She's like, that's the one thing that happens, you know, when everyone else is fucking and someone wants to serve you drinks, you barely even concentrate on that person. You're like, yeah, yeah, here's your money. Thank you. Bye. I want to go fuck somebody who wants to fuck me. So it was like much safer actually yeah. than working at a bar where you were looked at as like, oh, look at this girl right. coming with my drink. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Where are you going after? What are you doing later? Why don't yeah. you live with me? You know, those, the, the, those guys didn't even look at her because there's all these people that were fucking in front of them. Everyone was sucking cock and everyone, you could bang anybody. You know, so there's a, probably a few contrarians that like turn their gaze towards her. Like, fuck all these people that are banging each other. What about this girl? How does she feel about this? <laughs> Yeah, you're always going to have that one. The one girl who doesn't want to yeah, fuck at exactly. the orgy is who you fall in love with. Well, there's just some dudes that are just broken. Sad. There's some dudes that are broken. They always go for the girl that's going to just be damaged goods and right. always going to need need to, to be with the person who can't be with them. <laughs> yeah, it's always the we case. Need, we need the, the grand distraction, the grand distraction of relationships, you know? Imagine when you were young, remember? When you were young, rather. Imagine if you felt like that now. Like when you were young and you'd break up, you really would think like, God, this is the end. I can never, I can never be happy in a relationship oh, ever yeah. again. You used to believe that. Yeah, sure. You know, when you're like 14. How many songs are about that? There's countless <laughs> songs that that's the main message is the, that it's over. I've yeah. that, or the songs like, be yeah. like begging for one more night. Yeah, one yeah. One more night. Give me just one more night. It's so sad. <laughs> it's so gross. Fuck me one it's more so time, please. It's so beta. It's so beta. Don't you got a Rolodex, homie? Don't you got other girls you can call? This is please. some Planet of the Ape shit, son. Let me just give you a little heads up. You need to go to the gym and do some squats. Eat some bison meat and get your cow. shit together, son. <laughs> bison meat. Get some. Cow. Get some. Stop doing that, Brian. Get some strong game in your system. Something that's been murdered, that lived a free life. All right. A wild life. And then you shoot it with a fucking bow and arrow. And then you take that thing and cut it up and eat it. 
That's what you need to do. And squats and carry logs up hills. That's what you need to do. What you don't need to do, give me just one more yeah, night. Yeah, that's what girls go wet for, one begging. One more night. Girls don't go wet for begging. Ugh. Just got to keep them around. Be nice to them. Fuck the shit out of them. The end. If they leave, they leave. You go, hey, you know, I did my best. I was nice to you. I fucked the shit out of you. Obviously, you got issues. What about this one? Remember <laughs> Take this? care. What about this one? Remember this one? Met my old lover at the grocery store. I don't even know that what that one? is. What uh, the hell is I, that? These songs are burnt into my mind. Have you ever heard that? No. What the fuck is he talking about? But <laughs> can you imagine if that wasn't I even a real it's, song? It's, it's but Dan, it was like a song that occurs in his dream world. Yeah. It's Dan Fogelberg. Oh Sing God. Mark, these Mark. are divorce. Oh my. These are God. divorce songs. These Dan are. Dan Fogelberg. There was a there was a <sighs> there was a divorce boom, and during this divorce boom, this specific genre of music came out, and I know it very well because that's what my mama listened to. She'd come and pick me up at the Y, and I would sit in the backseat of her car as she listened to like. Turn around, bright eyes. You know, uh, every now and then I fall apart. That's a divorce song, uh, and she would she would get yeah. you know it was very like dramatic, and those songs uh, are burnt into my mind. Uh, and one of them was that Dan Fogelberg uh, song. Oh Met my, my old lover at the grocery oh my store. God. Here's my experience with Dan Fogelberg. When uh, I was growing up, I lived in San Francisco when I was about from seven to eleven, and uh, we had a next door neighbor. He was a cool guy named Barry. And uh, he was uh, my stepdad's uh, buddy. And uh, we would go over his place and listen to his records. And he had some badass records. This is San Francisco in the 70s, man. He had the monkeys and all this shit. That's and I cool. just loved the fact that you could put a headphone on and it pushed push into the jack and you'd play a record. And it was like, you know, it was in your head. And I'd be singing along. They'd have to tell me to shut up, stop singing. You sing <laughs> terrible. <laughs> but uh, I remember thinking like, wow, you know, uh, my parents listen to some cool ass fucking music. You know, there's some cool music. Like I listened to some Billy Joel. You know, I remember listening to the Captain Jack when I was like seven years old. Going, what a great fucking song this is. God damn. And then uh, we had a friend and I was over at his house and I asked him if I could listen to his music. And he said, yeah. And he had a Dan Fogelberg record. Oh. And I put that shit on, and I was like, why does this guy want to depress me like this? <laughs> so is what is wrong why with is this, his mouth? Why is this guy singing this? What is he saying? You're making me cry, man. I'm fucking yeah. seven years old. You're bumming me out. Yeah. You know? Or wherever I was when I read, listened to that. But I was like, this is just nonsense music. Oh, this it is. This poor guy. Somebody needs to tell him. But then, you know, the thing is, this is where people get confused. That one guy, James Taylor, did it right. Yeah. And that's why everybody gets fucked up. Because he had songs that were like super emotional and everything. But they, they had such a point of view that they were special. There was something to, yeah. to the shit that he was singing. So even though it, was, it, was, it seemed like it was kind of mushy, but in fact it wasn't. What it was was just vulnerable and honest. And sure. there's like a strength in that. Yeah, totally. You know? And so these, oh, these other motherfuckers with their well, whenever you beta he- music. Whenever you hear in a song, make it through the night, that yeah. was something that conf- still confuses me. What does that mean? Can, we, we can make it through the night. Yeah. Like, well, how do you not make it yeah. through the night from fucking? You're not going to die fucking. What's the, what's the worry when people sing yeah. making it through the night? What is it? Making out through the night. No, no. This it's like there's it's a, a, it's a no. It's always sad when they're singing it like they're going going to war or something. You yeah, know, there was they don't something. mean make it at make it at, They mean like getting <laughs> going through trenches or like not having a nervous breakdown that yeah, night or something. You know, it's like it's, or if they're fighting. What it is is when you listen to certain songs, 
and you, you you hear people getting all emotional and you don't feel like it's you don't feel like it's valid. It's like you're being too much of a pussy in this song. Like you're being too much of a pussy yeah. with your expression. I could go along with you here. I could get caught up in the wave and, and go with you. Sure. But I don't feel like it's necessary. I don't feel like it warrants it. You but know then you listen to like James Taylor and you hear like just yesterday morning, they let me know you were gone. You know that song? Yeah, of course. That's a depressing fucking depressing song. song. I seen fire and I seen rain. I seen sunny days I thought would never end. Or Elliot Smith. You listen to Elliot Smith, same thing. Not find a friend, he would not like Elliot Smith. Rogan? Rogan would I don't think would like Elliot Smith at all. Yeah, I, I listened to some of his stuff. I wanted to kick him in the ball. Fucking love him. I was like, Ed, you need to get out of the house. Stop playing video games. <laughs> I only listened to one song because Duncan told me how great the guy was. I love like, Duncan's like, yeah, well, one of you my know, like, there's a lot of shit that I love that I'm sure you don't love. You know, Elliot sure. Smith. The, um, Do you ever listen to Kiss Alone in Your Car and nope. Sing Along? Nope. Yeah. Black Keys all the way. Black I've been listening to a lot of Black, Black Keys. Keys. That's awesome. They're great. I, I, I went on a period for like four months where that's all I listened to. Yeah. I would go in my car and I got the iPod thing in the car and I would just go right to Black Keys. Yeah. You know what I've been listening to lately? What? You'll make fun of me. Spongle, you ever listen to Spongle? Did somebody did a Spongle uh, thing where they took uh, their music and they combined it with me talking about DMT? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty dope. His songs are trippy, man. Yeah. One of the songs I was just listening to today, really? he's good to listen stuff. to and, and write. I like yeah. writing and listening to him. One of the songs I was hearing today, the lyrics are like LSD, DMT. Yeah. It's like, have you yeah. heard that song? Yeah. It's really weird. I'm, I mean, I can't you even know. sing it because you have to have like seven synthesizers and a UFO just to make the, <laughs> whatever fucking noises are coming out of Spongle. You have to have a UFO. Yeah, to that's do like that. rave music, right? Is that what you would consider rave music? It's kind of like ambient rave music or yeah. something. It's, but yeah, some of it's, yeah, it's not, it doesn't have like as much of a driving beat. It's just more like super trippy. Yeah. It's like the guy really did capture something and yeah. like brought it back through music uh, he's it's he's really yeah good, it's man. really good it's not like i've listened to some of that stuff that's not so focused not so yeah. tuned in it's really kind of gross yeah you know it it's, it's like everything else man it's like yeah. mushy songs like what we just talked about james taylor he's not mushy right you know but like there's certain not that he's not mushy he's genuine there's certain people like they get really offended by non-genuine behavior yeah like there's some huge push to get Nickelback removed this. from yeah. what is it a hockey game? Is it is it hockey the Nickelback thing? Uh, I can't remember. I think so. It might be football. I saw this thing on Reddit, and I, I maybe I don't. I'm not remembering it right, but it said if you ever want to hide files on your computer, right, create Nickelback. a folder that says Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that's god. hilarious! <laughs> I met that dude very briefly, the lead singer guy, in a, um, a, a venue once where the UFC was going to be there on Saturday, and he was there on Friday. Protest. He's a very nice guy. As Lions Thanksgiving game protest for Nickelback. He's got they got some good songs, man. I'm sorry, they they they're slick, they're overproduced. It seems like they're you know almost people like them because they're too good a pop song, you know, and sometimes they're like uh, the, the the you know it's almost too cliche. But they're good. That I want to be a rock star song. There's been a million of those. The Cypress Hill version. So you want to be a rock star? I don't know that's that the best one. I don't even know that song. I got to admit, man, I've got very, you know very limited. Yeah, I can't. The Cypress Hill version is badass. I like Cypress Hill. But. That's a badass rock star song. But the Nickelback one is not bad, man. It's not. It's not a bad song. 
You ever heard know. that song? I want to be a rock star. I hate Nickelback. I'm sorry. Really? I, well, I don't. I don't, I don't hate Nickelback. Okay, I don't particularly look forward to listening to them. But they got some good songs. They're not that. It's like offensive. his voice or the style of their music, just, just like chalk. You chalk. can't say. It seems words. almost. Uh, it seems like people feel like it's not honest or something. You know, it's what is it? I mean, is it? Well, they're vi- affected. Aren't, aren't what yeah, is it? it's affected. Their videos. The, I think I've seen a Nickelback video, and it was very effective. Affected, and it was very uh, um, hard to watch because it was sappy and like cheese, super cheesy. But yeah. I like I, I I don't have a strong opinion about them. They also seem like you know, there's certain bands. Like remember when New Kids on the Block came out, right. and it was like kind of hip to not like New Kids on the right. Block. Yes, it's like yes. they're kind of like exactly. that, where it's a mark of exactly. it's like a fashion to not like them or something. Yeah, yeah, I'm, they've got some good stripper songs. I've never listened to that. I don't know. I've only listened to like, seen that one video. How could it be worse than some of Foreigner's songs? What's you know, a foreigner's- I've been waiting for a girl like you. I've been waiting. For a I like that song. Like it's a good song, but come on, man. How is how are any Nickelback songs any less sappy it's, than that? It's, I believe that first. I believe that guy. I don't believe this oh, Nickelback okay. guy. I think this guy is just like is oh, insincere. Man. So you let's think it's just some, packaged, pre-produced? Let's go get some froyo later. Thought out, too too calculated. Is that what it is? What do you think that guy? Like I think radio like, killed Nickelback for well, me. I think it's. I blame radio for. But it's interesting with this subject because we talked about a real band. I mean, as real and scratchy as you can get, the Black Keys. They're yeah. like scratchy. They're like almost like even though it's an MP3, like you could hear the record. You know, I mean, right. those guys are like that. That's a band, man. There's a band playing instruments and singing, and these are some songs they wrote, and this is the sounds they like. And if you're drinking whiskey and playing pool, that's the fucking song you want to hear. You want to hear that shit in the background. You know, if they got that's real music, man. And then you got, you know, other stuff like Nickelback. That's like. This is a sort of a different thing. It's like they just got it honed down to like the slickly packaged yeah. sort of kind of cliche in its intent, but very well done. Like you can't criticize any aspects of it. It's very well done. The, the, the voice is strong and the singing, the guitar is good. But somehow yeah. or another, some, for some people, it, it, they, they get upset by it. Some, well, some people, it's really weird, man. Some people just... They're, the rubber ain't touching the road when it comes to what they're making. They're just, they're purely imitative. Right. And some people have like plugged into the fucking uh, magma and they're vomiting out this thing. They're, they're like, they've become a channel to something and, and it's undeniable when you hear it. Even if you don't like it, you can still tell this is definitely real. Most yeah. of the time you can still tell this is, this is something super unique and special. And it's very, to me, it's funny when you see imitators. It's funny when you, because you can't, Fake it. It's one thing you can't fucking fake. It's like what Joey Diaz says. I don't know if he still says it. He says it all the time. Holograms. You ever heard him say that? Holograms. Yeah, he says that about people that are fake. Yeah. He's a fucking hologram. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah. Yes, you you can't really fake it. And when you see like and and but with some artists, they really plug into it. Like that fucking kid I was telling you about. Yes, the twelve year old kid. Yeah, I think he's yeah nine or twelve. I think he's not. Well, this I think he's twelve, he 12? now. Oh. Yeah. Well, I think the, the it's all going through the internet. Apparently, there was like a big piece on him from like two thousand and six, and now he's been like studying in in Europe like this whole right. time. Yeah. But yeah, you told me about him, and then after you told me about him, it was all over Twitter. All over my message board, there was like a couple different threads about it. You know, it just—it's a meme. You know, you know about this kid? You saw this thing with this kid? No. 
He's like they say, super genius. They say like it's super genius musician. He's like the greatest musician to come along. In oh, is, it, is that movie years. based off of him? No, no, no. This is a, a new kid. A new, new kid. kid. Yeah. Tell him what he does. This is crazy. He he. One of this segment I saw. It's I'm sure if you YouTube this kid, you can find it right away. But he there's a he he's with his piano teacher and he takes the music and he flips it backwards and upside down and he can play it backwards. He can play what? music backwards and upside down. Dude. That's what she, and she was like, I don't see how he, how anyone can do this. He's composed like five symphonies and they say that most people don't do that or do that in their lifetime. Wrap your head around that. Wrap your head around that kid. What is that? What is that? It's, well, is it a mild form of autism? It's from the matrix. He taps that's, into something. That's not him, Brian. <laughs> How does he do that? <laughs> Look at the skill involved. I don't it's, understand. It's little, uh, we're looking at a little boy who's literally not looking at the keyboard. He's it's backwards. amazing. He has his back to the piano. Listen to the music. <laughs> He's a prodigy. What if we get so dumb that this is what is considered <laughs> a super genius? It's a super chimp. Imagine if you had a chimp that could do that. Not only can my chimp do this. Joe, did you hear a kid? Brian, why don't you uh, find that video? As find, I'm trying to do. What, is, uh, what, what would you think the, the problem title is? The problem is I can't remember his name. So you'd have to look up like 12-year-old um, genius, genius musician. musician. Yeah, and he uh, pretty much says what all super genius guys say is that it just comes to them. He says he hears it. Yeah. He just, just hears it and them. he writes down what he hears. That's what it is. Wow. How, how the fuck can he do it backwards? That's amazing. That's just showing off, the little fuck. <laughs> yeah. You know the problem? I don't think this is... I don't know if this is him. What is it? That's not him. That's actually... No, that's, that's, not, that's not him, Brian. Did you put butthole in the search? search yeah. <laughs> hey. He puts butthole in a search. Really? I don't understand. It seems like that waste time. Yeah. <laughs> that's Brian. <laughs> <laughs> All his Google searches, he adds butthole to That's That's definitely, definitely not him, Brian. Come on, man. Find it. Find it, Brian. It, that was listed under amazing 10-year-old piano prodigy. 12-year-old. I know. That's what happened. Super genius that's musician. Very, that's, it's not coming out. Just Juilliard, composed. How many? What did you do? Five, five symphonies. So, right. Come Right. 12-year-old composed five symphonies. Put that Maybe in Google now, and you'll someone, find it. Someone will tweet to us. Yeah, they probably already have. But if you just Google 12-year-old composed five symphonies, for sure, you'll find that guy. You got it? Yeah. Yeah, see? There he is. That's, That's him. him. Blue Jay. York's renowned Juilliard school, who some say is the greatest talent to come along in 200 years. Whoa. He's written five years. Imagine symphonies. them saying that about and you. Listen to this. No, I can't. <laughs> Twelve. Oh, shit. What happened? Is that just a commercial? There's a composer studying at New York's yeah, renowned Juilliard School who some say is the greatest talent to come along in two Sam Zeman is a composer. He teaches music theory to Jay at Juilliard in New York City, where he's been teaching for 17 years. This is an absolute fact. This is objective. This is not a subjective opinion. Jay could be sitting right here and he could be composing right now. He could finish a piano sonata before our very eyes in probably 25 minutes. And it would be a great piece. How's that possible? Well, Jay told us he doesn't know where the music comes from, but it comes fully written, playing like an orchestra in his head. 
as you hear it playing, can you change it as it goes along? Can you say to yourself, oh, let's bring the oboes in here, or let's bring the string section no, they here? Seem, they seem to come in by themselves if they need to. It's not something you're trying to do. Yeah, because it's like my, the unconscious mind is giving orders at the speed of light, you know. I mean, so I just hear it as if it were a, a smooth performance of a work already written when it isn't. It's involuntary. Oh, so, yeah. Like the beating of the heart. You don't have to think about it. Mm -mm. Like it seems all the, the kids heart. are downloading music these days. It's just that Jay, with his composing program, is downloading it from his mind. The program records his notes and plays them back. Whoa. <laughs> that is, when the computer's awesome. up and running. Jay composes so rapidly that he often crashes the computer. It is as well, it if is he's an looking at a picture of the score. It's a better computer. Just yeah, get him a better computer. He's a prodigy. Yes. Get him a MacBook Pro. Jay's parents are as surprised as anyone. Neither is a professional musician. His father, Robert, is a linguist, a scholar in Slavic language, who lost his sight at the age of 36 to retinitis pigmentosa. His mother, Orna, is an Israeli-born painter. That's Michael, Jay's eight-year-old brother. He's not a musical prodigy, but Robert and Orna remember when they figured out that Jay was. I think around uh, two, one of the Penn when State he started kids? writing, Whoa, look um, at that. and actually drawing oh, instruments, weird. we knew that he was fascinated with it. Started writing? Yeah. At the age of two? Yes, I'm afraid so. Look he at that. You see what he wrote at two? It's insane. And, cello and wrote the word cello. And I was surprised because neither of us uh, have anything to do with string instruments. Um, and I didn't expect him to know what it was. What a cello was. Right. You didn't have a cello in no, the house. No, we had no cello in had, the house. Had he seen a cello? Nope. But he knew he wanted one. So his mother brought him to a music store where he was shown a miniature cello. And he just sat there, he put the cello, and he started playing on it. And I was like, how do you know how to do this? By age three, Holy Jay was shit. still drawing cellos, but he had turned them into notes on a scale. Reincarnation? He was beginning to compose. Wow. Jay's parents watched the notes come faster and faster. He was writing any time, anywhere. By elementary school, his teachers had no idea how to handle a boy whose hero wasn't Batman, but Beethoven. He hears music in his head all the time. That's awesome. Jay has been told his hearing is many times more sensitive than an average person's. The sound of the city has to be shut out manually. But Jay can't turn off the music in his head. In fact, he told us he often hears more than one new composition at a time. Multiple channels is what it's been termed. Multiple channels. That my brain is able to control two or three different musics at the same time. Whoa! Mm. Along with the channel of everyday life and everything else. Jay channeled this piece when he was eight. By the age of ten, Jay was going to Juilliard among the world's top conservatories of music on a full scholarship. If you consider imitation, um, an actual concrete object line.
At age 11, he was studying music theory. Imagine if that was your kid. Year college You're like, I'm a fucking idiot. Jay I got a genius for a kid. <laughs> courses at another school, which his parents say he'll complete when he's 14. Complete when he's 14. Take all with right, as written, okay? Right, and stay with Elizabeth right. Wolf is a well-known is concert pianist who and works with Jay on his piano technique. One, two, four, one, two, one more. Today, Jay brought one of his own works to practice. Jay, you need this... No choice, right? Jay writes things that he can't even play. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> His hands can't keep up. <laughs> Is it a cannon? It's a fugue. Jay wants to perfect his piano playing, although he says he doesn't need the piano or any instrument to compose. When you first hear this tune start to rise in your head, what happens? Well, at first I just listen to it, um, and then I start humming it, and then when walking, I, I like walking a lot when I'm, in, when I'm inspired, because then I walk to the beat of the music. This is so For example, bizarre. if the beat is, and I start walking. And often I start conducting as well. Imagine seeing that walking down the street. Wow, I'd be like, Jay's poor not kid. a usual 12 year old. Whoops. And he knows it. Oh, he's what skiffed. happens when Jay gets bored? Oh, when he gets bored, he gets he restless the cat. and then he starts improvising. Last week, um, uh, he took the Beethoven sonata, the working right, and now, and decided that everything would be kind of interesting upside down and backwards. So he took yeah. the volume and literally did just that. He can do it for you right now. And um, I couldn't even follow it, but he actually took the clefs and inverted them. The treble became bass, bass became treble, and did it backwards. That is insane. She goes, it's impossible, but he's doing it. composers might write five or six symphonies in a lifetime. Jay's written five at the age of 12. Hi, Jay. Hello. Nice to meet you. Me too. Welcome. Here, Jay's explaining the storm to conductor wow. Young Ho Pak at the rehearsal. That's cool. What a, what a strange thing to be fucking awesome at. Music that's kind of like outdated. But he got lucky, man. He got born into a great family. What it's if like, you get that dude? They should co-opt him and get that dude to make some jamming pop tunes. I was thinking. Yeah. So listen, dude. It's a dead fucking song. Yeah. Nobody listens to the cello anymore, bro. Hear the cello. Come on, man. You want to make some money? You want to be a rock star? You yeah. want to live like Nickelback? <laughs> yeah. They should at least get him a MacBook Pro. That's what I. Do. Yeah. It's, the shit is crashing, <laughs> man. He's got that whack ass old laptop. He's st still running on Mac OS nine. Yeah, that's a shit computer if it can't even run a composing program. Yeah. What was that? Yeah. It's like pushing a button Poor on kid. the keyboard. It's not. It's a goddamn genius. Fess up. Come but up it, with the shekels. But if that kid had been born in the wrong family. Yeah, man. You know where he's drawing, drawing yeah. notes? Quit drawing that shit. What is that? Gay, la gay language? Get this fucking kid out of here. What do you think is going on with that kid? Yeah. Do you think that's like a Asperger's, an autism thing? Is that Seems like it a little bit. Reincarnation, I think. We Especially think with so? those weird markings on his head. He looks like he was shot right in, above the uh, eyebrow. Really? Yeah. Do you think that that happens when a baby's born and it's been reincarnated? You see like the wounds that People killed it? People think that. Do they really? Yeah. yeah. I, always, I have a mark right on the back of my neck like I was executed. Whoa, Brian, the state man. By those damn Germans. Do you have any marks, Joe? Mark of the Beast. 
Oh, I know that. But do you have any inc- reincarnation marks? No. It's, no, it's no, up no, my no. asshole. Duncan, I think we got to end this because uh, you got to get out of here. It fucking sucks. I don't want to leave. I got to uh, go, though. Well, where you got to go? What are you doing that's more important than us? <sighs> I'm going to dinner with my girlfriend. Oh, snap, son. Olive Garden? Yeah, How dare you? The uh, yeah, one right. fucking day <laughs> there was no Olive Garden reference, this cunt. Oh, no, it's cheap. I'm not, no, I'm how many, <laughs> seriously, how many podcasts do you think you've said Olive Garden in? And now I just do it Someone, for fun because I know people you get do. so mad. I know they do. <laughs> but um, when you think about it, like over the year, two years, almost two years we've been doing this podcast, when did you start I'd, I'd doing it? Say, I've always said Olive Garden in normal conversation for some reason. Yeah, I know you have. But in the podcast, you somewhere along the line, you made a uh, point of saying, it all the time i think it was just recent t- that i actually made it a point before it was just like anytime i wanted to use a generic restaurant name i would say olive garden no one i know will, will keep a joke going longer than this fuck it's great he, he, the bar face the bar face brian and i went on the road for fucking years doing clubs okay and brian would make these cool videos of the clubs and everything and one of the things he would do is every time i took a picture with fans every time brian would get in the background and go yeah, I know. I mean, I've seen him do it. There's thousands of those <laughs> yeah. pictures. And my favorite is when I find it on like a website. There's girls with corpses. Yeah. I don't know if you ever seen that website? But then you're just looking through it, and it's like, oh look, Joe Rogan. And you see me in the background making a face. Or, yeah, dude, I I bought faced a picture of uh, Eddie Bravo and David Lee Roth. <laughs> Eddie great. Bravo yeah. is taking a picture of David Lee Roth, and I'm in the background. <laughs> that's the bar face. You you it easily did that ten thousand times. Yeah, yeah. And that's not an exaggeration. Yeah. It I sounds see, ridiculous. I see new ones all the time. <laughs> yeah, they're out there. The days of MySpace, they were easy to find. Yeah. You go to people's... I, sometimes I saw them in people's avatars. Yeah. You know? By Brian Boffins. The guy that's making uh, those cases, those hemp uh, bags on his website, uh, he has... Uh, like that's her? Yeah, yeah. He has you on your website. And, and the you of the Boffins. Nice. Those bags are cool. Like in his company nice. mission. Yeah, those hemp bags are great. Yeah, that's awesome. What is it? Uh, what is the website? Zora. I don't know the website, but... That's, DSgear.com, yeah. I think, something yeah, like that. I think that's it. it. Oh, that is them on Twitter, right? Twitter or DSgear. Yeah. It's yeah. All, all hemp uh, bags in these uh, jiu-jitsu students. Yeah, it's really cool. Anyway, um, tonight is sold out. Sorry. Um, tomorrow night, sold out too. The Ice House is sold out. And next week, San Jose, that's sold out too. Sorry, bitches. Stop doing but that. I'm going to be can – I, can I say a, cl- a club yes. I'm doing up there? November 18th, I'm going to be at Club Verde with Neil Hamburger, Tim Heidecker, um, Mark Proch, and Natasha Legero. So and that's in San Francisco. That's in San Francisco. What's it called again? It's Club Verde. You can go to verdeclub.net and, that's, and get nice. all the info. It's going to be a good show. Dude, that's a great show. San yeah. Francisco's awesome. One of the fucking best places. Even though I'm going to be in San Jose next week, you know, not San Francisco, still, I'm psyched. Northern California is awesome. There's still more Asians there than any place else. There so is. It's, it's real weird. Perfect. San Francisco is real strange. It's weird how many Asians there are. There was, we went to the San Francisco Museum once, and they kind of explained it all. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's like this where but Hello Kitty is bred. <clears throat> no. No, that's not where Hello Kitty's bred. Jesus Christ. He can't help it. He can't help it. Look at him. How can you be mad at him and you, you know, and you're not mad at a dog? <laughs> um, so um, we will see you guys uh, tonight at the Ice House. We're going to come back. We're going to do another podcast with uh, everybody that's here tonight, including Joey Diaz. And Is Al coming on? Al Magical? Uh, Al might stop by, but Felicia Michaels, Joey Diaz, yeah. uh, Christina Pazinski. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. 
Oh, yeah, so it should be a, a lot of fun. And we're set up for five, what, five microphones here, four, five, four, and there's six. The, the Joey Diaz couch yeah, over there. Where this is, this place is set up. This new studio is the fucking bomb diggity. So we're gonna do a lot of these here. Um, and uh, and that's it, my friends. Um, thank you very much to the Fleshlight. And if you go to JoeRogan.net, click on the link, enter in the code name Rogan, you will get fifteen percent off. Number one sex toy for man, Shazam. Thank you to Onnit.com, O N N I T, makers of Alpha Brain, New Mood. New Mood is a five HTP supplement. Uh, it's five HTP and uh, a bunch of other stuff, including L tryptophan, which uh, I believe converts to five HTP, which eventually converts to serotonin and the idea is that it's uh like a time release sort of effect uh i've been uh digging that too i've been trying that i like 5htp something uh neil brennan told me about you ever try it um yeah i did i took it once feels, i can't makes remember you this. feel good yeah it's nice it makes you feel good like you feel i feel kind of nice yeah you know? makes you feel like you know like he said it actually makes him like more creative sam e it's in this stuff called sam e right yeah. i think that's where i took it mm. anyway whatever anyway alpha brain uh if you go to um uh JoeRogan.net click on the link for Alpha Brain enter in the code name Rogan and you will get 10% off that and uh, try that new mood shit as well and um, that is it ladies and gentlemen we will be back next week we got a, a bunch of different crazy motherfuckers coming in next week um, uh, no one's tied down yet but there's some interesting ones really interesting ones so um, that's it and Joey Diaz and Eddie Bravo and I are talking about doing regular MMA podcasts and uh, might as well do them here because there's more room and Joey can scream and shout. But the idea is people keep saying, like, why don't you guys talk about MMA? Why don't you talk about MMA? Because a lot of times it's just me talking. You know, it's like, uh, you know, if it's with you guys, I'm talking MMA with you guys. I mean, Duncan, you saw the fights in England, but, it, you know, I mean, how much do you want to talk about it? Oh, that one guy kicked that one guy. That was awesome. I wouldn't mind talking about some of the musical choices people come in on. <laughs> well, that's another podcast. Yeah, okay. there's a cool video of Chris Lieben oh, coming yeah. out to that Mad Bad World song, yeah. and the audience is singing along to it. Oh, it's cool. really cool, man. And I didn't realize it was happening while I was doing the commentary because we're talking and the music's playing really loud. We can't see it. But this uh, video is pretty dope. It's like Chris Lieben's coming out, you know, in a million faces, going out of places, and everyone's singing along to it, and it's really kind of chilling, you know, it's really kind of catchy. Anyway, thank you, everybody, for everything you do. Thanks for being a part of this. Without you guys, we wouldn't be doing this. Um, thank you for all the cool Twitter messages, all the cool message board posts, everything. We, uh, as much as this serves you guys, it serves us as well. This is the most fun shit we get to do. And uh, the fact that you guys all dig it makes it much, much better. We appreciate the fuck out of it, and we're committed to keeping this podcast free. So uh, free to you always. Thank you very much for everybody, and uh, we'll see you bitches soon. Bye. And we know you love you. We love you. We love know you. We love Bye. you. We love you.